Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 90, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too, and this episode is brought to you by Mazda, a heightened state of driving. Have you ever thought about the way your car makes you feel? Does it make you feel anything at all? Or is it just a piece of sheet metal, simply a way to get from A to B? We believe cars should stir the emotions. Mazda. Thank you, Mazda. So appropriate for so many reasons for this episode, which uh, we will get into as the episode goes on. But first, Joe, I guess we should do another one of our disclaimers that we recorded the back half before this, which always winds up coming up way more often than we ever anticipate when we ever would do that. So just in case, we talked about that already, but extracurricular activities, what have you done since Sunday when we did our diagnostics? Well, I'm going to start out with today, because I have a fun story that I want to tell you about today, and then we could talk all about the big thing that we all did. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hint, I was telling you the story. I was going to type it to you, and then I was like, well, we're recording in an hour, so I'll just wait. I woke up this morning, and I was like, okay, getting ready to go to work, come downstairs, go outside, go to get in my car, and there's a cat that's like in front of the driver's side tire of the car. And, you know, we have a lot of straight cats in our neighborhood. They're all really sweet and whatever. So, like, I'm was I, like i totally fine with it. So, like, I start walking towards the car. Usually they bolt, right? I get closer to the car, and the cat, like, kind of, like, wobbles and, like, goes to, like, flip over and misses. Okay. And looks like it's kind of flailing. And I was like, that's weird. So I thought maybe I just, like, spooked the cat or something. But, like, I look at him, and he's, like, very, like, wobbly, like... So I look, and it looks like maybe he's not moving his back legs. Okay. And so he's, like, sitting there. So I'm like, this sucks. So I, like, go in. I'm like, Rachel, look at this cat. Like, come take a look at this cat with me and see what you think. So she comes out. We, like, look at the cat. We're like, there's something wrong with it, right? Like, it's either sick. It it looks looks kind of flat, too. So we're like, oh, maybe this poor cat got run over. We don't know. But it's, like, under – it's, you know, in my driveway. You've been here. So it's, like, Mm -hmm. like in my Mm -hmm. yard, right? And I'm like, I don't know how it even got here, right? I go, and I – I call um, my animal control. Nobody answers. So I find the phone number for, like, the non-emergency police department, which I I was just thinking about this, and this is, like, the first time I've ever called the police in Connecticut. I've lived here for six years. This is the first time I've ever had to use that option. I call the police department. I'm like, hey, there's this cat that's, like, under my car. I think it might be sick or injured. And she's like, well, you should have called animal control. I was like, well, I did call animal control, and they didn't answer, so now I'm calling you to make sure I got the right number and stuff. And she's like, okay, okay. And so she's like, let me call animal control. I'll have them call you right back. Animal control guy calls me. He's like, I'll be there in a minute. He shows up, and he's like, you know, can you, like, you know, make sure the cat doesn't move or whatever? And I look, and it doesn't move the whole time that he drives to my house. So, like, 10, 15 minutes, the cat's kind of just, like, laying in the same place. So he comes over, he comes and, like, rounds up the cat, puts it in a carrier, and I'm like, you know, what do you think? And he's like, the cat's, like, eyes look, like, a little messed up and stuff, and his ear looks really red. I think he has such a bad ear infection that his balance is thrown off. So he looks like he just has this, like, really, really bad ear infection, so I'm going to take him to the vet and he'll be good. And I was like awesome yeah yeah it could have been like way worse so sure that was the beginning of my day hopefully we saved this little guy so he happened to be laying in a good spot for me to spot him and get him to the vet that was my morning i was like okay so i had to wait for them to come get him from in front of the because then i didn't want to move the car you know what i mean like i didn't want him to scurry or anything 
or start the car and run him over. So I was like, yeah. So I just waited for him, and then that's what I did this morning. I'm trying to think of times that I've called the police or called animal control. I remember one time in the last year since I started walking every day, yeah. I, there was just like a dog just running around. Yeah. And I was like, that's not supposed to happen. So I call animal control. They're like, can you get a hold of the dog? I was like, if I could hold the dog, I wouldn't be calling you. Like, <laughs> what are you? She's like, we can't send anybody out what? unless you have the dog on a leash. And I was just like, what? That, that, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make and any so sense. so eventually, this other guy in a car pulls up next to the dog, and he gets out, and he sees that I'm trying to, like, not, Wrangle. like, I'm not trying to get to the dog, but I got my eye on the dog, and he and I sort of, like, follow the dog to a house, and it's just, like, this old couple, like, this, like, couple in their 80s, and the guy's just like, oh, here, here you are. The other guy was just like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, is this your dog? Oh, no, 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 sorry. There was, like, a four-year-old kid out front, and the dog goes up to the kid, and the guy's like, is this your dog? And the kid, like, doesn't really respond, and then the 80-year-old guy comes out, and then the guy's like, is this your dog? He's like, yeah, you know, he just he gets out every once in a while. We're like, well, maybe do a better job of, like, keeping, because, like, we just, he was running, like, two blocks down that, like, he was not really close, he was yeah. far away, <laughs> and then, okay, and, like, I just left, I was, the guy's like, do you want to ride back? I was like, no, I'm, I'm gonna walk, I'm fine, but I was just like, this is such a weird, like, oh, yeah, there, he just does this, I'm just like, yeah, fix it, like, stop it, just stop what you're doing. I feel like I've called the cops about, like, traffic stuff, I remember one time when my friend and I were coming back from, like, a concert or something in the city, I was driving, and he was in the passenger seat, and it was, like, one o'clock in the morning, and there was this, like, semi- uh, like a shop right truck mm-hmm. or whatever, like drifting like from lane to lane, not Tokyo drifting, but just like swaying, yeah. weaving like across all lanes of the highway. Like I don't know if the guy was high or asleep or, or tired. what, but yeah. like he's a trucker. Yeah, uh, my friend called. I don't know. If, I don't think he called nine one one. I think he called just like local whatever, like state police. They like were like what's the like where's he going? I was like I don't know. He just he turned on. He turned on 78, like, we're just, you know, we didn't follow it, but whatever. But, like, I called in some regard like that. I was like, it's not an emergency, but, like, there's something, like, crazy yeah. going on or whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's rare to, I guess, call call the cops. But it, it was feels, a strange a, feeling You get a little bit of a charge out of it, I think. I don't. I was like... You don't? No, I'm you like... hate the this, cops. I hate the cops. <laughs> like, this is like... But I'm like, look, I even called animal control first. I didn't want to talk to you fuckers. I know you don't want to talk to me. We're good. Send animal control here, because those are the people that need to take care of this fucking cat. I hate calling the cops. And I hate talking to cops for the same reason of exactly what happened today. I'm like, hey, there's this cat. It's sick. And she's like, you should have called animal control. Well, I fucking did call animal control, you dumbass. Like, yeah, why are yeah. you treating me like such an asshole? If you would have just, like, let me finish my thing like i was literally about to say like and i already called animal control and like i don't know if the number's right or not can you help me find the number right yeah 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 fuck that anyways that was my that was my fun save a cat story this morning i i felt pretty good about it and cool. i hope this little guy's okay anything else that you've done besides from uh, aside from the thing that we've did together a couple days ago was cinco de mayo and so yes. um mm-hmm. rachel came out of retirement for one night and one night only as you know rachel worked mm-hmm. at tequila bar for a long time so she spent Cinco de Mayo making homemade margaritas at our house. Ooh. Oh, fucking delightful. They were so good. We made margaritas. We made quesadillas. And top of that, we watched um, the show. Can you say the name of it? Because I don't know the name of it. The two guys. Middle Ditch and Schwartz. So we watched this. Did you watch it yet or no? No, not yet. It's a long-form improv show. Look at you using lingo. I mean, they say it at the beginning of the episode. So. Yeah, I figured. I figured as much. <laughs> yeah. So what they do is they improv the whole show, which is like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. I don't remember. They don't interview, but they like talk to the crowd, right? They're like, hey, like, what is something that's coming up? That's either very exciting, 
are very scary and they like you know hear a bunch of people shout at them and then they like pick one they're like oh that sounds mm-hmm. interesting and then they like find the person they're like you know who are your friends who's involved when is it where was it at how'd you meet these people whatever whatever right and they just like gather information and they're like okay now the show starts it was fucking hilarious we were laughing yeah. so hard rachel was like in tears watching this show like and my cheeks hurt. We were just like laughing. I think there's only three episodes on Netflix. Yep, it's great. I highly recommend it if you want something fun to watch like that. If you like um, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. If you like what's his name from Silicon Valley, Richard Richard Hendricks. Yeah, Richard Hendricks from Silicon Valley. If you like both of them, actually, Richard Hendricks is a lot funnier than he is in in Silicon Valley. You know, because he plays like a quiet kind of. Yep. So it was hilarious. Highly recommended. I can't wait for you to watch it. I think that you'd really like it. It's generally like really wholesome. Like they swear and stuff, but the content is wholesome. It's not like some weird dark comedy or something. So I mean, they're both regulars on Comedy Bang Bang. They were both on a Comedy Bang Bang from a couple of weeks ago. The, okay. uh, ben was on Never Not Funny, I think, last Thursday. And they're talking about how they shot it and all this different stuff. When Thomas Middleditch is on Comedy Bang Bang, he is one of the, he gets to like the darkest places in a hurry like he gets real weird and real uh strange and just you know all over the place you mean darkest places not like dark like he gets to weird places right well uh, both i mean weird and dark but yeah no i'm very much looking forward to it i just haven't gotten a chance to watch it there's so much to watch i know that i'm going to love it i'm kind of looking to not savor it but sort of just wait for the time is right but yeah that's that's on my list also like i feel like if i wasn't kind of actively watching rick and morty i would be into that right now but you know there's just there's only so much time in the day i'm editing like 400 podcasts a week (laughs) it's uh you know there's there's things i gotta do so but yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm really looking forward to it so that's uh very exciting i'm glad that you liked it yeah if anybody else watches it or watched it um let us know what you think about it because i think it was really funny anything else that you did since sunday no i'm waiting for you what did you do and then we can combine i don't think that i've done anything really um yeah i don't think i've just been watching stuff and reading and whatever but yeah on sunday we had our family watch party number two we had a great turnout shit first of all you figured out how to do sound and then you troubleshooted how to do sound so it turned out really really well did it do i think it worked good right yep everybody seemed to really enjoy it aside from some very minor video hiccups toward the end yeah. which we have ways to sort of troubleshoot I think for next time it went very very smoothly great turnout just about everybody who like routinely writes in showed up which was yes. awesome we all got the voice chat yep I mean Jake joined from Australia which was he cool did. we got That's Rels right. we got Wes we got Jenny we got Jordan and Kara and Mike and Brian back from past episodes yep Alex Ellen was there we, so we had Alex Brian Kara Jake Jason Jenny Justin Jordan Jerry Mike Wells and Wes and Mrs. Wes as well Mrs. West, yeah, she showed up too. It was great. It was awesome. It was so much fun. We say this all the time. We got some feedback from some of the listeners that were involved, and it's really cool that everybody that writes in, everybody that was guests, they're all people that I enjoy, that that I want to hang out with, right? Our mission of making a small, too fast, too forever family really worked yeah. they're all great people man i have nothing bad to say about any of these people and you guys made my sunday so awesome i can't wait to do it again the turnout was great everything was fun the conversation was always a blast and you guys are all hilarious and crack me up in your own ways so thank you yeah kind of left it open that we might do another one soon ish i don't know if we'll do one this lap again but for sure if we don't do another one this lap we will probably do the first movie 
sometime, you know, for the next lap. So not too far off because the next lap starts in July. Yeah. So in the next couple of months, we're going to do another one, which is very exciting. But yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you all for showing up. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, Seriously. Great to hear from all of you. I think it was awesome. I think it was awesome too. And if you didn't join this one, join the next one. I I think it was just a blast. I can't say enough good things about it and everybody that joined. So thank you guys again. We have a Patreon on the show and we have some updates, which we'll get to. So no spoilers here. But shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, and Ooh. Haley Gerbys. Thank you all so very much. Thank you guys thank for you, supporting thank us you. on Patreon. If you want to go to Patreon, it's too fast too forever Join at the ten dollar tier, buy one get one free. We get the two movie choices. Yes, for the price of two. one swag and merchandise. Early access to episodes. The intro to every episode goes up the day after a new release. There's always more to listen to. Mm-hmm. You get voting on stuff. You get access to the Fast and Furious Minute document. You get access to the quiz. Anything you want. It's all True. there. We have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we have, drumroll please, as I count them up, if I keep clicking on the wrong thing, nine emails. Jeez, nine. So first up, I don't I don't know who this is. New $5 patron meet Wes Hampton? Oh, I don't, oh, who, I don't oh. know who, who, do you know them? I don't know the name. If they could write in and let us know who it is, family at cageclub.me. Very cool. Well, <laughs> shout out to whoever it is, Wes. Thank you for joining our Patreon, our Gallo 12. I don't know who you are, Wes, but uh, <laughs> cool. Thank you. You know, say hello sometime. You know, write in, family at cageclub.me. Yeah, thank uh, you, Joe, brother. this is one, but but in reality, thank you, Wes, so much. Yeah. I, you know, he's already given so much to the show in terms of all the write-ups and Just all of the being emails awesome. that in. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Wes. Also, I will say teaser for the end of this episode but when we do the character quiz at the end of this episode and we get our guest dan's character and we read the description he's like that was spooky he's just like that was so close we're like yeah we put a lot of time in here the write-up is really good you know west did a great job of the write-up yep this next email is one that we got during the family watch party and i was like oh that's so nice and then i finally got to read the full email the next day and i loved it so this one first time emailer from Emma Franklin. What? Okay, cool. And during the watch party. Well, I'm sorry you couldn't come to the watch party, Emma. So she writes. Join the next one. Hello, I found you guys during my finals week and listened during study breaks. Now, huh. I've graduated and work in a medical laboratory, specifically in the COVID section. So look at you, <laughs> twins. Medical twins. Okay, cool. She says, we test samples for the virus, and in my specific position, I have minimal contact with the virus, but I still want to thank you for bringing some levity to my day. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, we can high five each other. We can we can elbow bump each other with gloves on and masks because that's mm-hmm. where I was all afternoon. So yeah, yeah, I feel you. She says, without this podcast and others like it, my work days would be filled with stress. So thank you for the welcome distraction. Well, thank you, Emma, for writing in. On a more lighthearted note, over Thanksgiving, I watched Hobbs and Shaw with my nephew, who had never seen any of the other movies. He spent the movie convinced that Hobbs had feelings for both Shaw siblings. He was also convinced that Brixton was Shaw's ex. I've accepted his thoughts as canon, as have the rest of the family. Yeah, I, well, that's a that's a really cool viewpoint. I want to know how old your nephew is. That's actually really interesting. I mean, Hobbs clearly has relationship with Hattie because he kisses, you know, at yeah. the end, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I do feel like there's that sexual tension between him and Shaw that we like so much. I also like Shaw and Brixton being exes. That's a... Uh, <laughs> I know, right? They, they hint that they know each other, but that's a, that's a deep, uh, yeah, man, oh, man. Hey, man. Yeah. No, never mind. I was going to make a really terrible joke. I'm just going to ignore that. Keeping yourself in check. Then Emma sends in her rankings. She does not oh. include Hobbs and Shaw, but she's got the eight original movies. Okay. 
Let's give let's get Emma's rankings. Okay. I feel like this is the wrong episode to be reading her email because last on the list, Tokyo Drift. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're glad you didn't join the family watch party then. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe that's why she stayed away. Maybe it would have been better if yeah. it would have been higher in your rankings if you'd have watched it with us. Number seven, Too Fast, Too Furious, which is actually three people in a row, including tonight's guest. Spoiler, Too Fast at seven. So seven feels like a right kind of spot for, Apparently. you know, that two, four, and eight are the consensus still bottom three, right? Yeah. Number six on Emma's list, Furious 7 which is the one of the most polarizing people either love it or they're not they're indifferent you know they it it go anywhere it depends yeah. yeah it's the emotional chord it strikes with you number 5 fast and furious the reboot number 4 yeah seems about right number 4 she says fate of the furious and only this high she writes because of the shaw baby plane scene which again <laughs> might be great. the greatest scene in any of these movies yeah it's it's top tier i agree chipmunks just him going all right. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Where's that smile? Uh, there it is. Number three. So we got the top three, which is kind of the consensus top three also. We have one, five, and six, right? Yeah. So those are the ones that everybody loves. What's the order? Give me the you order. You and I love. Number three, the original, the OG, yeah. Fast and Furious. Okay. Number two, Fast and Furious 6. Number one, of course. Fast Five. Everyone, it's on its redemption tour once again. Fast Five, her yes. number one movie. Mostly, almost everyone's number one movie. It's almost recovered from Hector's devastating blow of an eight <laughs> to drop it down below a two again. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, oh man. And then Emma writes, I don't know how often I'll end up writing in, but I want to let you guys know that the podcast is often the highlight of my day, Emma. Well, thank you for listening, Emma. And we appreciate and thank it. Thank you for you writing in. in. You don't have to write in a ton. Just check in, say hi. How are you doing? Oh God, I completely for- <laughs> I forgot that this next email is this next email. Okay, this next email is kind of a visual, it's got a visual component. Joe. Oh my God, I, is it what I think it is? Please God, tell me it's what I think it is. It uh, has to do with um, family. the family watch party. Oh yes, please God, please send it to me. I've been waiting email for it. Email from Wells Lamont. Yes, no God. Subject. Oh God. Okay, so Wells was in the family video part, family watch party with us. And we get to the scene with, like, the camera spinning around Sean and DK. And Wells goes, yeah, I've drawn that once. And we're like, what? He goes, yeah. well, it's so. well, it's shitty. I'm not a really good drawer, but, like, I've drawn that once. So we're going to end the email with that because they're at the bottom of the email. But we're going to build God, I want to see he, it. He gives a little bit of explanation. Yeah. Okay, good. I want to see it so bad. It's funny how no one cares about Vince dying at all. People <laughs> cared more about Jesse and the guy who disappeared after the first one. I forget his name right now. Wow. Old coyotes are us. <laughs> Leon. Leon, yeah. Has a movie ever had a scene where a TV in the background is... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Has a movie ever has a movie I can't has a movie ever had a scene where a TV in the background is playing a later scene from the movie? Oh, God. I know Tarantino plays his own movies in his movies, but I'm talking about if there was a TV in the beginning of 2F2F and on it was the ejecto cedo cuz <laughs> scene playing. I promise you both and all your loyal listeners, if I ever get the chance to direct a movie, I will do this. That's incredible. Like, the TV is the crux of the movie. It's the whole thing. It, it, like, talk about foreshadowing. It's like, it's it's teleshadowing. It's just right there. Oh, I like it. Meta reference. Okay. <laughs> Film. No, that's not that's not exactly it. They're just talking about the Truman Show, how the Truman Show is artificially constructing a TV show within a movie. And yeah. Like, it knows it's a TV show, but doesn't know it's a movie. Yeah. I feel like movies, like comedies, have probably done like an earlier thing. I don't know that I can think of any that they've I had was a thinking later. maybe like a horror movie, like, like The Ring or something, right? Because you're like watching the movie of The Ring and then it happens. The other thing that's popping into my head in something that I've railed about, and Mike is mostly on my side, but not as vehemently opposed to it as I am, is when, especially like horror movies or any other movie, like an action movie, starts in the middle of like the climactic scene and then it's like three days earlier. It's like, 
no, don't spoil the end of the movie. Like, just, <laughs> just start the movie. Like, trust that we will get there. Yeah. But, like, the movie Don't Breathe, which is a horror movie, starts at the end. Yeah. Like, Mission Impossible 3 starts at the end. It's just like, stop doing that. So it's similar, but this is uh, a level of meta reference cool. that I absolutely love. I do, too. I want to see it. Wells, when you, when you, if you start crowdsourcing your movie, I'll gladly contribute to it. So, because I want to see this. I hope that you make something that Tommy Wiseau would be proud of and just, mwah. That's what I want to see. Did you hear that Tommy Wiseau had to pay $700,000 this week to a documentary film crew that he, like, obstructed a release? They tried to release a documentary about The Room, and he basically somehow held it up. The court ordered him to pay $700,000 to these filmmakers? No, Well, he has it. It's just in his bank account. It's endless. Wells says, I just got high. It's 1.56 a.m. I'm watching Drain the Bermuda Triangle. Also, by the way, this email I received... At 3.25 Pacific time. So it took him an On hour Sunday and a half. Night. Yes, Sunday night into Monday. So this is after... The watch party. Yes, after okay. the watch party. He says it's a series of docks, and this one is the Bermuda Triangle. And each episode, they drain a large body of water or section of the ocean to show you what's there. It's all done by computers and sonar, Disney+. Plus. It's great stuff. I have Disney+, Plus and I actually saw that on there, but I, I didn't watch it. So I'll check it, it sounds out. sounds cool. It sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like, you know, sonar the bottom of the water, and then they're like, this is what it would look like if it was like land. Sounds cool to yeah. me. When Vince's wife walks into her home at the end of the Fast Five and sees the money on the table, she used a key for the door, but there was no doorknob. <laughs> Wait, what? I guess so at the end of Five, when they leave the money for So it's like Real such Miguel, a ghetto that they just have a lock, but no doorknob? How do you open the door? I mean, I guess you open the door it. from the outside, but like... No, you just push it. You know what I mean? Like, because there... Cause oh, it I guess. Yeah, it's boy, like the oh deadbolt, and you just push through it. That's that's a, that's observation. I mean, I don't know, you know, we'll get to that minute in the Fast and Furious minute in literally hundreds of episodes, but... Yeah. Nice spot. Nice spot. I never noticed it. Here's my drawings. Oh, God, please. I started in third grade, drawing at about a third grade level. I've moved up to a fifth grade level, and here's my proof. <laughs> Sean's hairline is all wrong, but it's not my fault. I have zero perspective. So, okay. He sends in a picture of Suki. Send it. 2F. Just send it. Stop, stop blue-balling me. Hobbs and Shaw. No, I'm just trying to get for the listener. Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. And then he sends in But I DK can't Sean. see it yet. God I damn know, it. I just know. send it. There's so many. Hold on. Here's the first one. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to send you the ref. The first. So I'm going to build up. So here's the two Please. reference photos. Please. This is on a cup, I think, from... Or a popcorn it's from Hobbs from and Shaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's the poster. It's the thing, right? Yeah. So here is Hobbs. <laughs> I love it. Shaw. Oh, God, I love it so much. So he writes, The Fast and Furious presents Hobbs <laughs> and the other poster, and Shaw. And it's awesome. Hobbs on the bicycle, and there's Shaw on his car. Oh, God, it's so good. And he signed it 8819. <laughs> I love the tattoo. Like, my favorite one about the Hobbs is the tattoos, which just like green scribbles. Yeah, it's great. It's so perfect. It's like very modern art. Well, it's very Picasso-y. Like the That's Shaw I mean. car especially. It's just like, yes. it's like a Picasso or like a dolly, like the dripping clocks. Like things are just like not where they're supposed to be. No, it's no, no, wonderful. no. It's, it's hyper-exaggeration to entertain the viewer. I get it. There, there's intention behind this. I love on the clock that all the numbers are there. I love that the license plate is accurate. But boy, oh boy, it is. <laughs> this is some wild stuff. It's definitely, oh God, please... Wells, let us post these on our. I just emailed them. Let me share these on Twitter. So here's the Suki one. It's oh Suki, yeah, two F two F, and says smack that ass. <laughs> and it's Suki in the middle of her car, actually more like in the middle of the windshield. 
and there's a person on the side of her car, and there's the the snakes all over the place, and she's like zooming down the highway. Snakes all over the place. Snakes all over the place. The one that he teased, and there's two on here. There's objective. He has two F, two F in this one. Well, I mean, I guess he's talking about the movie. No, too fast. Sean and DK look like they're about to kiss in this picture. That DK is pretty good. <laughs> the DK is pretty good. He actually looks like he could be a character out of anime. He looks really cool. Sean looks good. He looks like doofy like himself. The peering into each other looking like they're about to kiss is... is oh. And then we got Roman doing ejecto cedo cuz, but it looks like he's got like Hobbes's body. He looks like he either has like a tiny, no, tiny, tiny head, which he does. This is so George Kondo, man. This is like very contemporary art, George Kondo. I like it. Ejecto cedo cuz signed eight thirty, maybe nineteen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There's a one there. I love these. These are these are incredible. These make me so happy. Thank you, Wells, for sending them in. I'm glad that you. And I know that I harassed you to see them, and they were very much worth it. Thank you so much. I like that he introduced some sexual tension into Tokyo Drift here. Maybe their racing was flirting. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, throughout the rest of Fast and the Furious movies, whenever they're, like, racing, it's always kind of flirtatious, right? I don't know. Is it? The sexual energy that's in- incorporated with driving, you know? Brian's driving Mia... Dom and Brian are driving and racing. But I feel like it's not... I feel like it's usually when they're in the same car, it's more flirty. It's the stare and drive. I feel like car versus car. I guess Dom and Letty. That's a good example. Yeah. I think it's hit or miss. I think sometimes it's flirty. There was a comedian... Oh, I think it's... Is it Craig Barrent? One of my favorites. He's telling a story about how he was on a plane next to a guy... Yeah. ...who vomited into an air sickness bag, but did it with one hand without stopping reading his book. And he's just like, this guy was like the Michael Jordan <coughs> vomiting into an air, ba- air sickness bag on an airplane. Everybody has that one thing, right? Where you're at a bar and there's a girl that's way out of your league and you're like, I don't have a chance, but if she just sees me shoot pool, right? Like if she just sees that <laughs> one thing that I'm really good at. But this guy, his one thing is the air sickness bag and like he can't use that to his advantage. No. And I feel like in these movies... To a certain extent. Yeah. Everybody's thing is driving. And so, like, right. in Tokyo Drift, when Han does the drift around the girls, like, it's him it's him flexing for them, right? So, to that end, I guess it is flirty, but I don't know that it's always flirty. I think it, it can be, but it's not always. I think there's mostly sexual tension behind all the racing in Fast and the Furious. I think that's a gross exaggeration. Monica, if you win, you get me, you get her too. But again, that it can be. The rest of that is not. Like, just Dom racing against Brian is not. They're just racing for pinks or whatever. Brian right? like, and Dom racing, racing is the most sexual tension but not not then not that first scene okay i think it can be i think it's a very good point that it can be i think to say all of it is a bridge too far okay fair next email from justin kleinman subject line hobbs and shaw well i'm watching hobbs and shaw again with my friends for our weekly covid watch party i know i said actually this is justin wrote in and he said did you help him set up his hobbs and shaw discord yes i sent him the same thing that we that chris sent us that he that we helped do the thing yes and he was like my wife is not going to be happy when I make her understand this for me. And I was like, look, I just made Joe do it, so I get it. I, I'm with you. Yeah. He says, I know I said in a previous email that I wouldn't watch it again. Well, I'd like to say for the record that at one hour and 12 minutes in, I like it even less than when I saw it in the theater. Ugh. This movie isn't fun. I can't wait for what? next week when we get back to movie one. Oh, man. Tough. Tough. That's rough, man. Come on. It's it's okay. That's fair. I mean, like, you don't have to like everything. I get it. But I thought Hobbs and Shaw was fun. Because yeah. I, like, I like Hobbs and Shaw. I like The Rock. Again, that, like, Seven, we've talked about this before. Hobbs and Shaw and Seven are the two most polar, I guess, and Tokyo Drift. But, like, yeah. Tokyo Drift, I think people either don't understand 
or they love. It's more like like they don't they see this either inessential or they love it. I feel like Hobbs and Shaw and Seven are like people get them both. It's just like oh I don't like that for some reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And I'm not a big huge fan of Seven, so I I can relate to you guys. Next two emails both from Ben Milliman. First one subject line food all over the place. Oh God, Ben, you're speaking. You're, is there plantain? Is there a little red? He candles? said when I heard food all over the place, I was grossed out because I pictured food all over the floor and then thought of decorations, like food pictures and weird decorative food items. Yeah, like like those like plastic grapes that you would hang or something, like yeah. something really tacky. I asked Lenny what she thought when she heard that, and she said a big buffet. Makes sense. Yeah. I think what... that's the most common, like, not weird thing. Yes. Like, if you, I, I, still don't, I still don't know what it means. <laughs> I, my, my thing is I think it's still, like, just food hanging from, like, meats hanging, like, sort of butcher shop style, right? Yeah, like, like an Italian like, deli. Yes, yeah. That's what I'm picturing, but when we get there, we'll get there soon. Cha-cha-cha. <laughs> the whole point of the of the question, though, is that it's vague, and you can see that people hear it, and if you hear it, you have, like, two completely different thoughts, right? It's either, like, a really dirty restaurant, or, like, a buffet, or, like, tacky food decorations. Yeah, like, most of it is not good. Yeah, none of it's good. <laughs> I mean, buffet is not necessarily bad. It's not inherently bad. It's just maybe not great. Yeah, it's like... <sighs> he says, also, oil came up the other day because Linny has a tiny burn from the dinner we made. Oh, no. She was frying latkes when I made turkey breakfast mm. sausage patties and a hollandaise sauce. Nice. Well, she was wow, talking about the burn. The storm. Jeez. And he, has, he sends a picture, too, so I'll send that shortly. Well, she was talking about the burn and dinner at her mom's because the dinner turned out amazing, and she said oil with a southern-type accent... So I asked, is that one or two syllables? And she said, right then, it was only one. We chuckled, and no one got it. LOL. <laughs> You're permeating the culture, brother. I love it. I love, I love it. it, too. And he says, this is the dinner we had made. It's latkes, turkey sausage patties, sautéed tomatoes, spinach, shallots, garlic, with a poached egg, and hollandaise sauce. Let me see that. Let me see that. Let me see That's that beautiful-looking dish. Let me see that food. Oh, yeah. This look looks at good. That, look at that smear of the sauce. Mmm. Mmm. Mmm, delightful. This looks good. Rachel makes lockies sometimes. I really enjoy them, too. They're, like, one of my favorite breakfast-type foods, and they hold up Do you eat them with applesauce? You know what I actually like to do, which is kind of a little gross, is, like, I like to do applesauce and sour cream. Ooh, I think it's one or the other, isn't it? Uh, Usually? Usually? Should be. But I kind of like both. So, but like, I, yeah, do, try both. It's fucking good. I'm not. I'm not into sour cream. I don't do like the white condiments. I don't do mayo. I don't do sour cream. Which is there's something goopy gloppy about it that I don't love. I get it. I'm not a huge mayonnaise fan. I like it as a base for other sauces. I never put it on any. Actually, you know what? To be honest, I don't like a lot of condiments in general. Like straight condiments, right? Like ketchup, mayo, any of these things. I'm not a huge fan of. I do love ranch dressing though. Lockies, applesauce. Mwah. And this looks delightful, Ben. This is a very good dinner. Then Ben also emails in about something that Wes just messaged us on Facebook, Sung's Garage. I'm not sure if this has been talked about on here yet or not, but I just found that Sung Kang has a podcast called Sung's Garage. I found it on YouTube and Spotify. I'm not sure what else is on. Also, I guess he's in a show called Power. I've never seen it, but I'm going to check it out. I figured if you run out of things for his lap, these are some options. Think about it. Have a good one. Oh, that was a good hint, actually. We we have been kind of racking our brain about things for a Sung Kang lap, right? I feel like there's not enough. Like I mentioned very briefly in the watch party that I watched a short film on YouTube called Code 8, which is actually a really good science fiction short where like people are sort of genetically, like I think we evolved to a point where like people are genetically enhanced. Okay. Things 
sort of break bad in a way, but Sung Kang plays a cop. And then they made it into a feature-length movie, and apparently it's not as good, because it's just, like, a great idea, but I guess it's not... It didn't extend as well as, like, the short film does it. Yeah. But I was trying to figure out if there's enough for a Sung Kang lap. I don't know if we're going to do an entire lap of him, or if we're going to do sort of like a Tokyo Drift-themed lap where we have just Japanese movies and Sung Kang movies. Oh, and then, very true. You know, Lucas Black or Bow Wow or whoever, right? Like, there's a lot of different things that we could do there. We could. But yeah, I think that uh, these are definitely good options. TV shows are hard. I think TV shows are hard to do, like, especially like, if he's a season, I think. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a lot yeah. to do for an episode. It is true, but I know the show Power that, like, a lot of people watched it and really, really liked it. Like, my friends that were... I, you know, Do you know who fucking loves it? It's, like, Twitter. Power is essentially black nashville like people love nashville like it's just the country it's the it's the record industry from like a specific you know either yeah. rap music or country music right like it's the exactly. same as one or the other so yeah yep. our next email is a, a reply to a previous email that he had sent that we mentioned from alex ellenin says about? man i just realized autocorrect fucked me ed bolian is his name not bologna Remember, he was the one who was talking about the Cannonball Run. Um, he said Ed Bologna talked okay. about it on VinWiki. It's actually Ed Bullion. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Thanks so for he says he just wants to reiterate the suggestions here and apologize again for anyone who watched Cannonball from 1976, because that movie was real fucking bad. We don't appreciate <sighs> this enough funny. how much better the average movie is now compared to 50 years ago. My dad was telling me he actually really liked the David Carradine in the Carradine Brothers one. Like, he was like, oh, that one's really good, too. Like, you should do that one, when I was, like, talking about these movies. Mm-hmm. So, for Alex saying that, like, that one's a big piece of shit, <laughs> I yeah, He kind of came into the uh, the family watch party and, like, apologized. He's like, if anybody watched the wrong one, I'm sorry. I'm just glad that we covered the right one, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, it, it kind of made sense, right? Like, Burt Reynolds... Yeah. My dad also said that, like, the the other one was much harder to find. He was like, I bet you can't find it. And I was like, well, father, the internet exists, so yes, I could find it. And he's like, damn, really? <laughs> like, yeah. He tries to command Google to us hypothetical shit that is not online. He also doesn't realize that there's, like, a whole swath of things that are very easily findable now that the internet exists. So yeah. everything's out there. And also in terms of what Alex says here at the end about not appreciating how much better the average movie is now compared to 50 years ago, <laughs> I mean, like, I was talking about this for a while. I had been prioritizing new releases because I want to sort of keep up with modern movies and whatever, but, like, I'm cut. I'm starting to cut in older movies that I'm probably going to like more, or just yeah. like do whatever. So I'm watching some like cheerleader movies for Brian's month this month and whatever, right? And so like, yeah. there's just a different feeling in between this lap and those movies. Like, there's a different feeling to movies from 40, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Like, they just look different. They feel different. Their stories are different. It doesn't yeah. mean they're better. They're just different in almost every way. To Alex's point, the average movie today is better than the average movie from 50 years ago. I'm not saying that it's like more enjoyable, but like. The way it's shot, the way it's acted, oh, yeah. the way the story is told, everything is Budgets, just like, we're just better. Yeah, we're just actors, better Actors, just actors in general, or like, take their craft more seriously. Like, you know, it's just like the evolution of things, right? Like, they just get better as shit goes on, so. Yeah. Even, like, extras and stuff. Like, you have, like, extras that care, <laughs> so. Yeah, if you if you get a bad movie from, like, 45 years ago, it's unwatchable. Now, it's just like, it looks, it's still, like, Fantasy Island, I hate it, but I'm like, it looks great. It just, it's yeah. terrible. You know what I mean? Like, it's There just, you go. Yeah. It's there's point. always something. There's never nothing. There's, there's always something. Something. Then we had an email. New ten dollar patron. Meet Christian Larson. I don't. Again, I don't know who these people are. I don't get it. I don't get it. But thank you, Larson, for thank doing you. this. Shout out to patron Brian Rodriguez. 
because I feel like he he really inspired this windfall that just happened. I didn't want to say that because I don't want I don't want him to think he's entitled to like a finder's fee. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is, but like it's it's it's, it's it could be a lot. His, it could be a huge lot. Huge sales pitch in the middle of his episode really seemed to work. I think it was the sales pitch of also him backing it up, right? Like that's what that's what sold it. Yeah, thanks, Brian, and thanks, Christian, yeah. too. Thank you, brother. Yeah, and thanks, Wes, again. Thank you all to the Gala Twelve. Yeah, I appreciate it. Last email. From today, from just a mere five hours ago, from Jerry Robinson, what's up, guys? What's up, Jerry? Oh, um, I saw after I had, like, closed out the video stream, because when I was, like, watching, I didn't, I had didn't have the chat open, and I saw that you were in the chat, and I saw that you got the athletic subscription, thumbs up, good, glad you enjoyed it. He, like, commented in the chat, like, oh, I got the athletic subscription, I'm loving it, and I didn't reply because I wasn't reading the chat, and you didn't say it out loud or something, so. I responded, though, in the chat, though, to him, and I also yes, said you goodbye did. when he said goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says, hey, guys, hope all is well with you. Joe to Kinders, Kinders pronunciation, the rubs are really good. Mm. The lemon cracked pepper is my personal favorite. He says, I love barbecue sauces in general, including homemade. Mm. Yeah, I'm a big fan. One day I would love to try one of your sauces. We can make it happen in the summertime, for sure. Especially at 1327, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 true. Hope you guys had a good Cinco de Mayo. I did. With barbecue chicken and Corona. We drank margaritas and made chicken quesadillas, but it was really good. I didn't have any Coronas. I had margaritas instead, but yes, thank you. He says, today I went to 7-Eleven to get some snacks for my work day and found this. He says a picture, so I'm going to put this in here now. We've got a lot of pictures today. I like it. Got a lot of pictures. Oh, yeah. It is a uh, Nas. It's a green. It's a Sonic Sonic Sour. Sonic Nas Sour. Tip. Mental focus. Enhanced says, mental focus. Found this and immediately thought of you guys, so of course I had to buy it. Thanks for the invite to the Tokyo Drift event, even though I had to leave early. 90-day fiancé FaceTime date with my version of Letty, a.k.a. my girlfriend. Oh. Gotta cut it short this time since I'm on the clock, but be fast, be furious, and be safe. I, it, was he watching 90-day fiancé on Sunday? I think, maybe, possibly. Oh, God, so he's watching, he's watching 90-day the other way. God, it's getting really good. We're getting to the end there. Jerry, if you're watching 90 Day the other way, thumbs up, brother. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I, I watch it Monday night because it's also like two hour. They're like two hour long episode. I was thinking about you when I was thinking about like when I was like peeing in the middle of this episode and you were like, how many episodes of like whatever did you watch? And I was like, I don't know, like six seasons. And then like I was realizing that these 90 Day the other way episodes are like two hours each. So I'm oh, like, boy. I know. It's so good. It's such a perfect brain mush. Like, on Monday when I come home from work, it's like my first day back at work. I'm usually all strung out on Sunday, because, like, mm-hmm. I know I have to go back to work into this shitstorm. And then, like, I come home, and I'm like, but Monday night, I got two hours of 90 Day Fiance to watch. And, like, we just put it on, and it's two hours. Like, it's a long movie. It's a full Fast and Furious movie long. It's good. There's a lot of chaos happening. Like, people are, people are getting ready to the point where they're about to break up. Oh, God. So check this out. Oh, I'm going to tell you a quick antidote, because if Jerry's watching it, and I'll tell everybody else, too. There's a guy and his name's ash right and he's on 90 days or 90 day the other way 90 day the other way the latest season and he's dating this girl from america he lives in australia she's going out to finally meet him he's like super buff right like he's like a fitness model type guy and his job is he's a relationship coach and so like the whole time she's getting really she's been really nervous that like all these girls text him and he's like honey they're my clients you know like i give them relationship advice and stuff like that and she's thinking like this dude's like you know like hooking up with a bunch of these chicks and like this right. is cool and they're like you know they're paying him out but the, but like he's like he speaks in this like very woke language right he's like he's like oh my aura and hers like combines and we relate to each other's feelings and like all this stuff okay and then like the like one of the last episodes like the last two she's like i want 
want to go see you do one of these classes. Mm -hmm. So she goes and he's hosting like a relationship coaching like seminar. He comes out and he's like, a man's brain does this. And you guys have women's brains. Oh boy. And it fucking tanks. The whole crowd turns on him. He has to leave. His girlfriend now is like, this is very sexist. You're bad at this. And mm-hmm. he's like, I feel like you're attacking me. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, you're, you're just wrong. Like, you're <laughs> absolutely wrong. And he's like, no, but, like, I believe this. And she's like, then what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, And so this is the point of the relationship we're getting at in them. It was so bad, Joey, that I had to, I couldn't look at the TV. I was, like, that uncomfortable with him saying all this dumb shit in front of this group of women that were ready to murder him. It seems like things are going to go really well for them. That's that's all. That's what, that's my big takeaway here. How is he in a relationship? How is he a relationship coach? We have a secret theory that he's a gigolo and he's been hiding it from her. And that's how Ooh. he's actually making money. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So my friends and I, we talk about 90 Day Fiance. Like, I have other groups of friends that, and we talk about things like 90 Day Fiance the other way. And we have Which interesting theories. I am very theories. thankful about because that means I don't have to listen to it except for these, like, five minutes every Every, uh, twice a week. Yeah, exactly. Get it out of my life the other 167 <laughs> hours a week or whatever. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, hey, man, it's just brain mush, so. I get it. Hope you, I, I hope get that, it. Jerry, if you were not watching 98 Fiance and you were just making a joke, sorry that I took us on this weird tangent, but you should watch it. It's fun. And that's all the emails that we have for today. If you want to email us, family at cageclub.me. Just say hi, send in your rankings, whatever you want to do, family at cageclub.me. Also, if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be very nice. No new reviews today, but please and thank you. Five stars. Leave a nice comment. Please, leave a nice review. Please. Whatever. Thank you. On the streets. So the only thing that I have caught since what? we last did, it was something that we, we that somebody mentioned. I think it might have been Alex or possibly Justin or maybe Wes. Someone the family watch parties. They said the Fast and Furious Crossroads video game has been delayed, at least according to Amazon. It no longer has the May whatever release yeah. date. It's got December 31st, which I was saying in the chat, The Last of Us Part 2, which I think was supposed to come out in like February, then got pushed to April, and then got indefinitely delayed, and now is apparently coming out in June. Like, when it was indefinitely delayed, it had a 1231 date. So it's like, still this year, yeah. we just don't know when. So probably this year, Crossroads will Hopefully. come out, but... Who knows? I can also really see them like we're going to release the it movie. near the movie. Yeah. yeah, that would make perfect so. sense. I get it. Is there any other news? I don't think there's been any other news that nah. I've seen. Have you seen anything else? Nope, nothing, nothing recently. All right, then we're going to look at Rock the Vote, The Rock President. Is there anything going on right now? Trump's valet has the coronavirus. I'm sure you heard about that. No, well he doesn't because he gets tested all the time, but he doesn't have to. But he should. So there's nothing there. And then Dwayne Johnson, president. Ooh, here's something good. Ret- Retiring Virginia teacher and superfan receives special surprise from Dwayne Johnson. Let's see what this is. What is it about? Carol Probst is a beloved English teacher at at a Virginia high school. She's an inspiration to colleagues and students alike. After serving 39 years as an educator, Probst wanted one thing off her bucket list before her retirement in autograph from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, that's cute. Told Probst is a diehard superfan of the former pro athlete, Hollywood star, and businessman. It all started, oh boy. Oh boy. It all started after chaperoning a movie outing to the 2011 installment of the Fast and Furious franchise, <gasps> Fast Five. She's a damn good teacher. That's a so great English teacher. Fellow Virginia High teacher Noah Ashbrook wrote to The Rock's Twitter account daily since February, requesting for an autograph <laughs> and always capping off the tweet with hashtag PropStrocks. Okay. PropStrocks, her last name. Okay, PropStrocks. Yeah. Former Virginia High teacher Gary Skeen also reached out to NBC about Probst's story. 
Eventually, Johnson and his team caught on caught wind of the requests. They surprised Probst Wednesday afternoon with a personalized gift package cool. and video message. That's so cool. Oh, wow, man. Carol, congratulations. I'm so happy and I'm so proud of you, said Johnson. Thank you and your fellow teachers for your wisdom, love, care, and discipline. Teachers and administrators set up the school library to present her with the gifts. The unlikely fan of The Rock beamed with a smile ear to ear and in complete shock. I read the note, of course, but when I saw the video, I could not believe it was really happening. That was just the icing on the cake. It could not have been any better or more wonderful or any more wonderful. Wow, man. That got me a little warm inside there. You have to respect the teachers. I'm going to drop the audio in here so we can hear what Dwayne The Rock, The Rock Johnson said. Cool. I can capture the audio. I hope I can. Congratulations. Congratulations, Carol, for your retirement from Virginia High School after 39 Amazing, incredible years. Wow, Carol, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. The Rock. That's wonderful. I mean, I guess we oh, got to know. Oh, she's such a sweet... She's, she looks like an English teacher, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. <laughs> she, like, if you had a picture of an English teacher in your head, it's her. He's not running for president, but he's uh, leaving very nice video messages for retiring teachers. He's so. positioning cool. himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be the education president. I like that. Yeah, he's, he's kissing babies and shaking hands, right? He he's is. Just, but in, in the age of social distancing, he is... Uh, going remote and he's just saying congratulations wonderful thank you for all your service that's very cool i think teachers much like nurses need more respect man sure this isolation is gonna make a lot of parents realize i've already heard it from a lot of parents that they were like damn teachers are underpaid you know what i mean like you're taking care of 20 of these fuckers all day every day by choice by choice teachers so, need more yeah. respect for sure so that's all the news for today but joe one more thing before we take a break the fast and the furious minute minute 57 a minute i called i don't know if you like this title what? a nine second car oh, i do like that title wow yeah my dad built her 900 horses of Detroit muscle. It's a beast. Know what she ran in Palmdale? No, what did she run? Nine seconds flat. My dad was driving. So much torque, the chassis twisted coming off the line. I barely kept her on the track. So what's your best time? I've never driven her. Why not? Scares the shit out of me. That's my dad. He's coming up in the pro stock car circuit. Last race of the season. God, a guy named Kenny Linder came up from inside. So in this minute, as you just heard Dom and Brian return to 1327, then Dom shows Brian his dad's car and begins to tell him the story of his dad's death, though we don't know where the story is going yet. Yeah. So very simple minute but a very powerful, impactful minute, especially considering all the things that we learned about what almost happened with Dom and Brian's dad in the last episode. What are the things that happened with Dom and Brian's dad? Remember that Dom's dad, like, you know, chased his wife off and then, like, beat yes. Dom after he lost a race, and then Brian's dad had an affair. And yes, we know about Brian. I remember Brian's dad. I, I forgot about the Dom's dad was yeah, like Dom's a scumbag. Yeah, Dom's dad was just like a scumbag, yeah. Yeah. But my first big takeaway from this minute is that, like, Dom is so proud of his dad 
when he speaks of him. I was just like, it's just he's just swells with pride. Yeah. Showing off the car, talking about the dad, the nine-second car. He's just, like, so proud of his dad. Family. He is. And while his dad has, like, 75 trophies in his fucking garage, too, so it's yeah. a lot to be proud of. But th- why, oh, why? Why, oh, why did we not zoom in on this goddamn picture? Because he's like, I there's my dad. Know. Look at that little picture in the background, blurry so, out of focus in the shadows. So you're walking me right into something that I mentioned to you. Oh, yes. That I want to talk to you about. I'm going to ask you some questions. Just follow my logic train we know that in the fast and the furious if you don't see a body the person's probably not dead right right we know that even if you do see a body that doesn't mean much right sure yeah we know that dom's dad died in a fire explosion on a racetrack mm-hmm. but we also know that han died in a fire explosion on a racetrack well on a street but yeah yeah we also know that letty died in a fire explosion in a car I mean, we saw it was different, but yeah, go ahead. We also know that Etion can reconstruct humans to make them smarter, better, faster. Sure, yep. Knowing all of these things that we've established in this franchise, is there a possibility, and I'm going to take it one step further too, is there a possibility that Dom's dad is the voice of Etion? So that is a brand new theory. Because we had said it could be Papa Shaw. Yeah. We said it could be Papa Hobbs. Yes. We never thought Papa Toretto. Yes. I do wonder, because, okay, so Go we ahead. know that they know, the voice knows Hobbs and or Shaw, right? Because they're just like, yeah. does Dom's dad, how would Dom's dad know? It would be a weird coincidence. I'm not against the idea, because I'm what? all for theories. Okay. But it would be a weird coincidence that the villain in this movie, that it seems like Vin Diesel has sworn off, would be his character's father. And coincidentally, his character's father has also had run-ins with Hobbs and Shaw in the past. But, hear me out. I, got, I, thought, I thought about this a lot. What if Cypher is trying to get God's eye, right? She or she has God's eye. Yeah. How do we know that she's not trying to get God's eye for Etion? Or Etion's had God's eye? Dom's dad was using it to make sure that Mia and Dom were okay? How do we not know that Dom's dad hasn't been influencing this from the beginning to get Dom out of jail, to save him in all of those situations. I mean, that would be great. But are you saying is Dom? So Dom's dad is a villain, but he's also saving the family. Like, where does he? Where does he fall? Alliance, allegiance-wise, he's kind. He's he's a villain. He's like he's like the Darth Vader, right? Oh, so he's pure evil, but he's still saving his children. Yeah, he's like pure evil, but he still like is concerned about them. It would make sense. Dom's dad wasn't the cleanest cut guy. He dies. So say we. Th- this is it. This and then my theory continues. Somebody that was the, the at the forefront of this, possibly Cypher's mom or dad, found yeah. Dom's body, Dom's dad's body, and put it back together, unbeknownst to the family. This is a okay. separate running timeline, right? Whoever's whoever's in Etion or running Etion or something like that, you know, we have like a Tony Stark, Papa Stark type situation where like the company okay. gets passed down now sure. to the next guy. But Dom's dad is still alive as a robot and working mm-hmm. with or for Etion or is now the head of Etion. We don't know. Or Cypher's company. And what this will lead to, which is the greatest ending of Fast 10, is that they have to fight Dom's dad. Well, I think you're missing uh, a key component that makes all of this more possible, more believable. What? Not only is Jacob their brother. I yes. Guess, I don't know. Yes. But, I, guess. Like, I thought about Cypher, this too. Cypher is a family member that she's saving her dad. That she's maybe... So we've, we've talked about how Jacob may be like a half-sibling, right? Yes. That she and Jacob are full siblings from 
the dad's other marriage. For Maybe. And so she saved him, or she was there, and she was raised by him Mm -hmm. after that. Yeah, She could have been raised by Robot Dom, Dad. Every time we do an episode of either Cruise Club or Hanks of the Memories, Mike just basically keeps saying, I want Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks to play Dom's dad in a flashback. Because Dom's dad now would be probably 65 or 70, right? Like, he's not young. Because if Dom is like 40, I mean, Vin is like 50, right? But like, if Dom is supposed to be like 40-ish, 40, 45... Figure a dad, 20, 25, 30 years old when he has him. So, like, in his 60s or maybe early 70s. Yeah. You know, not not crazy, not inconceivable. No, it's not. Do you think there's a chance? I mean, no, I guess he would he would know because he's met. I was going to say, could Mr. Nobody be the dad? But, like, he knows his dad. That That's a, that's a soap yeah. opera test that, that we can't have coming. No, we can't. Because Dom knows who his dad is. So his dad hasn't been around, like... There wouldn't be like this thing where like Mister Nobody like shaves his mustache like or grows a mustache and he's like Dad, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like some. Although that weird would be good. That would be very good. <laughs> some weird shit like that. But this is what I was. This is what I was thinking about when I see that. We don't see the picture, so we don't know who he is. Unless we see the death, they're probably not dead. We know that we can rebuild humans into robots. There's a possibility, man. There's so many possibilities. I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, the big questions are what? How do Etion and Cypher's organization connect? If this is the through line, do the Hobbs and Shaw and the Fastiverse universes connect in any kind of Grand Shakes way? They should. We said, remember, there's been like all those rumors that they're going back to the racetrack and Dom's dad's going to be a big part of Nine, which yep. makes sense because Jacob's in it. Wouldn't it make ultimate sense that like Dom's dad comes back for 10? We were saying like, what's what can be the next villain? What could be bigger what could be better and it would have to be that like jacob and dom come together and then have to fight their dad like that's the ultimate family right we know that dom loves his dad i feel like it's very similar to nine unless they set it up and i don't know i don't know we'll see we don't know what nine's in it yeah we're not even at the end of nine yet we don't know what happened in nine no but i'm just saying that like if in nine dom's fighting his brother and then in 10 dom's fighting his dad it's just like it's like it, it, it's very similar it's different it's grander yeah but it's similar i mean we're all about leveling up right i think that there can't be a bigger villain in the franchise than dom fighting his dad like we've had him fight the family we've had now we're gonna have him fight his brother the next thing is he has to fight his dad. So we're saying that basically no one else in this universe matters. It's all about Dom. Dom is the is the cornerstone of the franchise, right? Well, I mean, Brian was. No, it was from Brian's perspective, but Dom is the is the crux. He's he's the hold, what's holding it together. It was always Toretto. <laughs> Thanks, Tanner. I guess email family at cageglow.me. What do you think of Joe's new crazy theory? Yeah, I don't, I can't get out of this box now that I put myself in. I can't unthink about that they have to bring Dom's dad back somehow. And he had to not be dead. And he had to like, just have been escaping from the law, became a robot or something. And he's still out there. I do feel like at some point, the soap opera nature of all of this has to come to a kind of an end. Like, they can't be like, everybody's back. Han coming back. If they do the same thing with the dad, it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, I feel like I love the idea. I'm just wondering. But the dad wouldn't even be coming back. He would be there coming for the first time, right? Like, he would be but his, coming. But, like, but, but, but Dom thinks that both his dad and Han died in similar ways, you know, and 30 years, 20 years apart, whatever, and Letty. And Letty came back, Ghost Girl, and Han comes back, and the dad is just like really i think so man i don't think we, i don't think we would fight it that hard until after no we i mean if they it. do it well I don't, i'm down for anything i just i don't want them to keep going to the same well over and over again if they don't have to but again we don't know how han came back we don't know how True. you know this dad stuff he might actually be dead who knows yeah 
That was my major thoughts watching this minute, and it was, oof. Oof. Yeah, I know. I also, while we were getting a tour of this garage, I was reminded of the supercharged ride, the line leading up to supercharged, where you're, like, walking around the garage. Mm-hmm. Maybe not this garage, but, like, a similar garage. Yes. They got the family barbecue set up outside. But, like, wouldn't it be nice if we could walk around that line and be like, oh, there's a picture on the wall. Oh, look, it's Keanu Reeves. Cool. All right. I guess we <laughs> guess we know who Dom's dad is. You want Keanu to be Dom's dad? No, I mean, I don't uh, you know. I, sure. Why not? I mean, he's not old enough, I don't think. But no. Like, and a flashback, age him maybe. Up. Yeah. Age him up. Age him up. Yeah, that would work, too. I also do want to say before we dive into what we see in the garage that the song in this minute is off the score by BT. It's called First Race, which I think is kind of, sort of. A strange title. No, maybe like Dom's first race, you know? I guess, but like, it comes in when he's talking about his dad getting, you know, bumped by Kenny Linder, right? Like, it's... Yeah, true. And I also do want to say that this is, we talked about this on, honestly, I can't remember this podcast or want to do with Mike, but we talk about, you know, Chekhov's gun. Did I talk to you about Chekhov's yeah, gun? Yeah, if you see no? the gun, you better use it. Yes, we just, we were talking about that in a previous episode, like two okay, episodes good. ago. Okay, yeah. good. Thank you. This is essentially Chekhov's charger. Like, it's like, oh, we see the charger, Dom's never driven it. Yeah. You know? He's I gonna know. drive it. Like that's it's just like that's that's how movies work. <laughs> yeah. You see the charger, Brian's like, Have you ever driven? He's like, I've never driven this car before ever. And he's like, Okay. Well we're gonna like, fucking cool. we drive got, that what, thing. Forty minutes left? Yeah, okay, cool. You're gonna yeah, not You're... not not too much time long. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely gonna see this thing fucking run, that's for sure. Yeah. So what did you see in the garage? Oh, my God. We made a lot of notes. There's a lot of things we wrote down. There's some cool signage. There's some cool license plates. Anything of cool notes, some some teaser tasters. Now that we've got more patrons, now that the Gallo 24 is filling up, people can go to the Fast and Furious Minute doc on TooFast2Forever.com. But what is the coolest stuff? you find that the eagle-eye viewer would have to hunt for. Things that really st- stuck out to me is that I remember that there was trophies in this room, but not how many fucking trophies there were. Okay. There's like a ton of these trophies around everywhere. I mean, they're really good at what they do. Apparently. Uh, yeah, he just has a ton of... For Dom, like, illegally street racing, there's a lot of trophies in this house. And there's also, you know, we saw the trophies at the at the auto body shop, too, but there's just trophies everywhere. Yeah, I know. Well, these, I mean, they're not, I don't think they're making trophies for race wars. I think there's trophies for, like, stock car and stuff. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm actually guessing that a lot of these are his dad's trophies, right? Probably, yeah. Even then, he won a ton of trophies. Well, because he was coming up in the pro stock car circuit, so, like, he was not maybe necessarily established, but maybe in the amateurs. Maybe these are all amateur trophies, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I noticed is, that there's so many helmets in this garage. Cool. I counted at least three helmets um, in various places. So, like, why they needed all these racing helmets when nobody in the movies ever uses a racing helmet, I don't know, but he has a bunch of them. I got as much of all the license plates on the license plate wall behind Dom as I could. So Mm -hmm. if you're curious about what the license plates say behind Dom, I got them all. Cool thing. Dom's Charger. I watched the Craig Lieberman video about Dom's Charger. Some cool things from there is that I have a link in here to Craig Lieberman um, has some build pictures on his Instagram of them, like, building the car. The other cool, funny thing is that I think we've mentioned this before in another, watching another Craig Lieberman video, or I saw it in a Craig Lieberman video. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, but it's, like, another story that, like, somebody has the blower, like, the, the big intake, the supercharger, you like, the, the thing that sticks out of the hood for you. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Somebody has that, and they, like, took it from, like, one of the things because the engine that we see in this shot was borrowed from Chuck Taylor Racing Engines, okay? Oh, And they literally, like, put the engine in the body, 
took this shot and then they took the engine out and returned it to those guys. Like that was it. Like they'd never start this engine. They never connected okay. it in the car. They're just like, we had this engine just for this shot. And then we gave it back to them and we thanked them for it. And so now to recreate it, they have like a bunch of other cars. All of the stunt cars had just like, you know, this thing stuck to the top of it to make it look like it was that engine. Interesting. Okay. Craig Lieberman said that he wasn't really involved in this because, because they knew what they were going to do with this car. This charger was handled by the stunt team as opposed to the car team that he was on to like find the hero cars and stuff like that that's really interesting and plays into our stuntman mike Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of these other movies that we were watching this this year he didn't seem like he picked the charger and maybe the the charger picked him no maybe the stunt (laughs) team picked the charger and we know from death proof that the stunt team was a big fan of the charger and that would make perfect sense right absolutely yeah 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 so this would be a really cool fact I, i wonder if we can get to the bottom of it ever and know if like the stunt team was like, oh yeah, as soon as we like knew we were doing a car movie, and they wanted a classic car, we were like fucking Charger, like seventy Charger. That's exactly what we want, right? So done deal. Yeah, it would be really funny if that's what happened. But I can imagine if the stunt team had any influence on it, they all probably loved all these other car movies, and we're like, why don't we just use a seventy Charger like all these other car movies that we love? Yeah. Anything else you want to point out, or do you want to just direct people to the? Uh... Oh, I don't know. Do you have anything else that was cool? Is there anything that I wrote down that was cool? There's a yellow toy car in the garage that I want to find out what the car is, but you can't focus in on it. Like, I mean, like a lot of this stuff's in the peripherals, but it's hard to see. So, I mean, there's tools everywhere. There's belts everywhere. More Jerry cans hanging over there. Shout out. Shout out. Listener Jerry. (laughs) You want to? We see, I think maybe for the first time, or definitely from the first time from this angle, that when they open the barn doors to the garage we Mm -hmm. see across the street we see the street the house across the street from 1327 it's a white exterior yeah like a white or a brown roof there's like shrubs out front there's like a second floor balcony and i was thinking about how living there you can look at 1327 every day not that 1327 is like a like a really magnificent house but like you can like look out your window and then that made me think about there was a tv show called an idiot abroad did you ever watch like or listen to the ricky gervais podcast or like the ricky gervais show on hbo nope so it was him and stephen merchant who co-created the office uk and they had on there carl pilkington do you like like, ricky gervais I used to. I don't. I find him. I kind of find him annoying. He essentially not invented podcasting, but like we're kind of doing this because like he did it. Like he made it. Like people had it before, but he was the first celebrity to do it, and people were like, oh. And so he was really big in terms of the advocate, the inception of that. Oh, that's cool. I'm not a huge fan of The Office. I've never seen the UK Office. Oh, I I love The Office. I I like the show. I I like all of his work. Like, his body of work. Oh, yeah, no, he's just an insufferable prick sometimes. Yes! That's what I'm trying to say. Like, whenever I see, like, anything and everybody's like, watch Ricky Gervais say this funny thing, and he's like, hey, I'm a douchebag. And you're like, okay, cool, dude, shut up. He had a show called An Idiot Abroad where they had, so on his podcast. Yes. Let me take us back. On the podcast, they had this guy, Carl Pilkington. And I don't remember if he was, like, a producer. I don't remember where he came from. I don't remember how he fit into Ricky and Steven's life. He's just this guy who, like, isn't dumb, but is, like, very sure about things that are insane and clearly wrong. Okay. And so they would just, like, they would make fun of him and just have him explain things. And he would just be like, I don't... So they sent him because he had basically just grown up and never really left his small town in England. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I often... Oh, God. I'm not going to say anything bad. But I often think that a lot of people that I may be friends with on social media should probably just, like, leave their small town once 
and just expand their brains. I like the concept of this is all I was saying. So yes, so they would basically send him around the world to all these different things. And because he was kind of insufferable and just like, just like an annoying kind of idiot, he wouldn't like get what's going on. Um, so he actually, there's one of my favorite, I'm trying to find the picture right now. Give me one second. He, they did one thing. They sent him when he was in Egypt one of my favorite images of all time, and this is real, this isn't, like, photoshopped. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. You've sent me this picture Eating before. Eating at Pizza Hut outside the pyramids. And yes. it's just, like, he doesn't want to have, like, Egyptian culture. He just wants his thing that he wants, whatever, right? Yes, this is a great picture, and you've you've sent me this before. It's, it's It was perfect. my cover photo on Facebook for a long, long time. It's beautiful. I love it. It's, like, it's him in a Pizza Hut. You can see that it's a Pizza Hut, and then there's just yep. the pyramids in the background out the window behind him. So in one episode, he goes to, like, this, some, like, magnificent palace like i don't remember what it is but like it's it's carved out of stone like it's on the side of this mountain it's like this ornate house or whatever and ricky's like cool enjoy that you're not staying there you're staying across the street basically and across the street it's just like a cave it's yeah. like literally a cave carl in that episode is like you know what like i prefer this because like if i'm here i get to see that house but if i'm over there i'm just looking at a cave and it's like it's weird fucked up logic but it makes sense it's like <laughs> i could be living in the castle but the view is terrible or i could be living in the cave but like look at the castle and, like, it's this ornate majesty. I love it. I think that we should buy the house across the street. Yeah. And we both have a bedroom that faces 1327. And every morning, <laughs> we can wake up and just open the windows. And I'll be like, I'll be standing there drinking my coffee robe on, like, you know, one leg up way too high on top of a table or something. And you're doing, like, the same thing beneath me, facing the other way, just, like, staring at the house across the street. I'm just like be perfect sure you'd like to be living in 1327 but there's something nice about being able to see it and not having the pressure of living there right so yeah because we could do whatever we wanted inside our house there's no there's no magic in the walls of our house if we want to start tearing down walls putting tvs somewhere weird we could do it but if we were like lived in 1327 we'd have to only play playstation 2 on the floor and have 7,000 candles everywhere yeah snapples in (laughs) in fruit bowls just sitting in our room and can- snapples, candles, fruit bowls, everything. Food all over the place. <laughs> yeah, food all over the place. Uh, trivia question here. I have two written down. I don't know if either are good. I don't know if we want to do one or both or neither, but I wrote what? down how much horsepower does Dom's dad's car have or mm. what happened to Dom's dad's car when he raced his car? 900 horsepower or the chassis twisted. Oh, ha. I don't know. The second one might be difficult to come up with other options. The first one is, again, kind of just like a numbers guessing game if we're like 800, 900, 1,000. You know, it's just like... I like what happens to Dom's... What happened to Dom's dad's car when he raced it? And it's the chassis twisted. He wrecked it. Won his spot in the pro stock car tournament. I have... he. It wouldn't start. It wouldn't start. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Now, do we want to say he wrecked it? Because that could technically be true. No, he wrecked his racing car. This is the car that he and Dom built. He, it's a different car. He's talking about oh, two different right, cars. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Okay. So Dom's dad's charger, right? Yeah. I, I like that. That's really good, right? A vagueness, but also enough. And if you know the movie, you're like, so much torque it twisted the chassis off the line and dom looks so happy about it. he's just like fucking the raw power of this shit man like look at this yeah, man stuff look at us who would have <laughs> thought any other thoughts about the minute or anything or are we going to take a break and bring in dan hamamura from pajiba i think that we should take a break and bring in dan because i have a feeling this is going to be a really good episode <laughs> it's going to be an all-timer tonight
welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. This episode's brought to you by Mazda, designed to inspire. The soul red crystal metallic paint was inspired by the glow of intensely heated steel, the tone ebbing and flowing between the ruby red of molten metal and the distinctive shade of ebony of the surrounding elements. Thank you, Mazda. Well, thank you indeed to Mazda. All right, got to clear my throat already. 30 seconds and we are rocking here. With us today to talk about Tokyo Drift, Joe, we teased it a couple episodes ago. We teased it in the opening. We're completing our Connect Four or our (laughs) Tic-Tac-Toe or something of Pajiba writers. We first, you know, we talk about her a lot. She broke our brain. We had Kate Hudson on. Wonderful. Then a couple episodes ago, we had Roxana Haddadi on. Wonderful. Yep. Our guest tonight has expressed uh, concern to me that he won't live up to it. I'm like, no, it's going to be great. You're going to be wonderful. You're going to be amazing. With us tonight to talk about Tokyo Dread, we have Dan Hamamura. Hello, Dan. Hi. Thanks for having me. And yes, I am terrified uh, that I'm not going to live up to their example because both Kate and Roxana are amazing and incredibly in-depth and incredibly opinionated and i <laughs> i don't know if it sounds like i'm saying that like it's a bad thing it's not no not. no but we know uh, yeah I, for sure i hope uh i hope to uh to acquit myself well glad you're here man when we had roxana on i think before we started recording i was like oh we're gonna have dan on in a couple episodes and she's like oh what movie and i said tokyo trip she's like oh perfect like that's the one he should be like <laughs> so she, it's i guess it's established <laughs> that this is like your favorite one is that true well it's not necessarily my favorite oh. one but it's but it's probably the most important to me okay well we will get into that for sure yeah. for sure for sure i don't want to jump the gun i guess you know right. i don't want to preemptively do the rankings i mean i, I i'm all a, i'm all a fuss we have yeah we've, we've been doing so many extra episodes we're doing two a week now in quarantine instead of just the one a week and i feel like having a guest is now so unusual like instead of every other episode right? now every yeah. fourth and i'm like i don't remember how to talk to people who aren't joe it's weird <laughs> That's well. That's not an uncommon thing for you in general. I know I'm not very good at things. Slam dunk, and that's how I feel. You know, just in life, anyway. So, (laughs) so we're gonna have some either or lightning round questions. But before we get there, I would like to first establish your credentials. I'm assuming you've seen all nine movies. Is that correct? Yes, I have seen all nine movies. Wonderful. Do you remember when? When was the first time that you saw? I guess two part question. What was the first one of them you saw, and when did you mm-hmm. first see Tokyo Drift? So I first saw. Uh, I actually remember seeing the first one in theaters. Wow. Uh, okay. Okay. And so okay. I was uh, I was in college at the time, and it was it was like you know every week whatever's playing we would just go see it and yeah. it looked fun and uh i went with my friends and it was fun like i was like oh yeah that's a fun movie were you sold or were you like just like that was fun that was a cool saturday I, it was more the latter i definitely enjoyed it but it was very much a uh yeah i saw it once i'm like i don't need to see that again okay okay then uh for whatever reason there wasn't any particular reason but i didn't see too fast too furious so i missed that i didn't see another one until actually fast and furious so the fourth one okay okay so you just skipped two and three i skipped two and three yeah i skipped two just kind of by accident and i skipped three because i heard that it was justin lynn i didn't like better luck tomorrow his first movie okay yeah so look i have to i I should preface this by saying uh when i was in college i was an asshole and (laughs) uh i think think everybody was (laughs) But I, w- I was like a film asshole. Mm-hmm. And so is Joey still. So, so am I. I know. I get it. <laughs> I love to hate on movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
when Better Luck Tomorrow came out, I saw it and I was uh, I was like, this is not this is not the movie speaking for Asian America. I don't know what everybody's talking about. This is crazy. And uh, and I held that against Justin Lin and uh, didn't see Annapolis and then didn't see Tokyo Drift. But I finally came around when um, basically friends of mine who had seen Tokyo Drift, they were like, you have to see this movie. It's so much fun. It's great. And I was like, no, Justin Lin's a hack. I'm never going to I'm never going to see that movie. I'm not going to support him. He's never going to be anything. Fuck right. that guy. Yeah, he, he's not going to have a career. But the other thing was they would make fun of me because they would say, you look like Han, which is, by the way, not true. Like, I do not. <laughs> okay. The only resemblance I have is that I'm kind of tall for being Asian. And, <laughs> and I had longish hair at that time. If you're going to say, yeah, you're kind of tall and have longish hair like Han, then sure. <laughs> then, then I, guess I, I guess I look like Han. I'm not blessed with the kind of cheekbones that Sun Kang brings. None of us are. Through basically my fa- friends wearing me down, I finally said, fine, I will see this movie. And then I watched it and I was blown away and I loved it. And then after that, I was kind of I was off to the races. So I, th- I don't remember if it was Roxana or some other, some other guest this lap also did the same thing where they saw the first one, they mm-hmm. skipped two and three, and then they saw four. And it's like... Yeah. Both of you, I think it's you and Roxana, like you saw the same movie twice, essentially, like because the four is just like a grittier kind of reboot of the first right. one, just with less Letty. It's, right. it's it's weird how that keeps happening, it seems. It's also a good way to do it. If you want to skip any two, skip two and three to get to four and right. then reestablish and go back. It's it's really you lucked into it because two, it's entertaining in its own way. It's probably I feel like two is weirdly the least essential yeah we agree i mean even though you know it establishes uh tej and uh roman kind of i didn't see two until after i think five so 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 i i didn't really know who they were and i went back and so i'm like oh that's fine but they're not the same people that they become by the time we love all the movies no (laughs) they level up real quick yeah So now that we know you've seen them all, now we know sort of your rough kind of order in which you Mm -hmm. saw them. Can you please give us your rankings, either from the top down or bottom up, whatever you prefer? Okay, I guess I'll go bottom up. Okay. Only because I feel like that's going to be weirder. Because the top, everyone, (laughs) like, number one's going to be five. You know it's going to be five, so. Everybody says five is the best. Like, Joe and I both mm. think five is, like, our favorite. And yeah. then we had one of the, our listeners write in, Hector, and he's, like, this high school kid, and he loves cars, and he's, like, fuck five. I don't, remember, I don't think it was this dramatic, but he's, like, fuck five. Like, you know, it's not about cars anymore. It's about action. It's my eighth favorite. We're, like, whoa. Like, this wow. terrible hey, combo breaker. Like, it was yeah. first, 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 eighth, first, first. Like, everybody, all the rankings that we're getting, it's just, like, whoa. Like, where did that – we were, like – we were blown away. We were like, where did that come from? If you go, come into these wanting to see a movie that has the car culture stuff, mm-hmm. then that would make sense that you wouldn't. It's yeah. kind of like five on those are they just they're just different movies. Sure. Uh, OK. But anyway, here's my here are my rankings. Bottom up. Hobbs and Shaw is at the bottom. Oof, you and Roxana both hating on that one. Oh, and K2, all three Pajiba, all ninth, all last place Hobbs and Shaw. I think there's something in the water. There's something. Yeah, we we clearly all just we, we talked about it beforehand. No, the I don't know what it is <laughs> like. I so I have I have a group of friends who I see ever since I think six. We've seen every single movie in theaters together opening weekend like it was even one of the friends moved to uh san diego mm-hmm. for a few years and when uh when he was down there uh, we still had to see seven and eight and so we would meet halfway between la and san diego which is like <laughs> south orange county basically but we were like no we still have to see this, yeah. these movies together i love so, it we do the same thing man yeah i feel like awesome. we drive to we drive to like what the palisades yeah, we both and... drive like 75 minutes to meet between yeah, the two and a half <laughs> yeah. hours between us yeah <laughs> 
Makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. Hobbs and Shaw is the first one that we came out of that we were all kind of silent and we're kind of like, was that good? Like, did we enjoy that? I don't, I don't know. It's uh, there's a lot of fun stuff that happens in mm-hmm. there, but like, I don't feel like I need to see it again. That's a big part of whether or not I feel like I like the movie is just if I want to revisit it. We're now what four deep on Hobbs and Shaw, Joey? Uh, we've yeah, I think yeah, I think we started it last lap, but we think we did it like three times. Yeah, I think we're probably four times in. Yeah, it gets better with more watches. I think. <laughs> also, if you okay. put if you put on HBO any time now, it's always on HBO. This month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and watching it more passively, you know, that's how, that's that's a really great way to absorb the Fast and the Furious movie. So you know, maybe give it a shot. You know, in the background while you're folding some. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. That's. I mean, I, I do feel like I should give it another shot, but uh, at least right now it's at the bottom. Now, here's a here's an important question for you. Do you, okay. are you disappointed in it as a Fast and Furious movie or as a movie in general? Do you know what I mean? Because like our thing here is that like even a bad Fast and Furious movie is still a good movie, pretty much. For whatever reason, when I saw it, I was asking too many questions while the movie was going on. Okay, I, I don't know if I can properly. Uh, explain why, but that to me usually is a sign that I'm not, I'm just not paying attention or I'm not engaged. Gotcha. By it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel you. Yeah. Like I was asking questions about, like, wait, how old is his sister and how does his timeline work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then why are they flying, you know, 16 sure. hours across? Like, it, it, it's where's worth it Owen? for the, right. Where's yeah. Owen? It's worth it to fly halfway around the world to get the uh, the car sequence at the end, but also it's like, it should make a little sense. Sure, yep. <laughs> uh, uh, next for me is eight. Yeah, fate is always pretty low. Yeah, again, kind of falling into the same thing where it's, I don't envy them their task because each movie has to become bigger just kind of by the nature of how franchises work right it's gotten to the point where it's so big for, for whatever reason the magic of you know my, my suspension of disbelief is is uh is not working in the same way it's like how many times can these same six people save the world right well yep. now 25 people yeah. But sure. well yeah yeah <laughs> <Pretty big family. laughs> but you know again eight has scenes and sequences that i like oh yeah so, you know this is a this is a tough the tough uh tough ranking oh make. for sure yeah it's a really hard thought exercise i always find a way to not do it yeah we sympathize <laughs> we sympathize every time we ask somebody to do this <laughs> well we're still in the easy section because the middle is the hard part for me okay uh next okay. for me is too uh too fast too furious okay it's not even i don't even have a reason it's just it's the one that i've seen the least other than i guess i've only seen Hobbs and shaw once but i don't know too fast too furious just never landed with me okay has it grown on you joey because like i remember you started out with with too fast pretty low right yeah two was my one where i wasn't i mean i have it also at seven i i I really like it i think it's a lot of fun i just think you know to dan's point like it's difficult to rank and like there's it's hard to put it above things like i still think what we're saying earlier like you don't need to like you reestablish roman and tej in five right but like yeah fair i like it though i mean it's fun i like it i mean i'm gonna watch it for infinity i better like it (laughs) (laughs) i'll admit it has grown on me uh since the first time i saw it i just can't put it higher in this yeah, yeah. Uh, so now we're in the middle three is where I have been no joke reordering these uh, <laughs> oh. over the past week and if they related us brother mm-hmm. trust us <laughs> and they keep jumping so this is just where they are as of right now so next for me is seven okay okay I, I was thinking about it and seven has kind of jumped between fourth and sixth for me yeah. yep the reason why I have it here is that I kept thinking about it and obviously the ending is amazing. And the way that they handle that is so impressive. And like, you know, I remember crying in the theater and being like, why am I crying at a Fast and Furious movie? This is absurd. Outside of that, 
there isn't a ton in the movie that I really remember. Fair. That, I feel like that's almost overshadowed the rest of the movie to a point where I'm kind of like, if I think about seven, that's really all I'm thinking about. Maybe right. the, the cars yeah. uh, coming out of the airplane. That's that's kind of the other favorite scene for me. Yeah, like we have a shortcut that Joe has basically established where like seven's the one where Paul dies, six mm-hmm. is the one where there's the long world's, world's longest, longest runway, run. five <laughs> is the one where they have the safe. But like I'm thinking, you know, I, I sometimes have a hard time placing what movie Hobbs is in the hospital where The Rock was shooting whatever other movie and like he flexes out of his cast. And I'm like, oh right, right. that is seven. Because like yeah. he's in all of six and like seven's not really about him, but he's kind of because you're right, like it's the one with Deckard, but you do you always think that end first, like it's above everything else for better yeah. and worse. And it's weird because I really like Jason Statham, and so I yeah. would assume I would assume that that would be higher up on the list just off of that alone. But yeah, I know. But again, it's overshadowed. Be- I feel like I agree with you a ton. It's it's very overshadowed, and that's where I've been coming to it. A lot of people really love Seven in their rankings because of the emotional feeling they they have and the attachment that they have to Paul, you know, and what it meant then. But mm-hmm. I think, like, as a Fast and the Furious movie, I'm with you, brother. I put it, I put it much lower than some of the other ones. Yeah. So now we're in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, five in the middle. Yeah. Uh, right in the middle for me is Tokyo Drift. Okay. It, it is kind of inessential if you want. If you're just talking about the larger series of it, but it's the first one that Justin Lin directed, which turned out to be uh, important in a positive way and not a negative way, as I mm-hmm. originally assumed. It's obviously the one that has the most Han. It's the one that forced the other movies to do this weird uh, red thing, <laughs> which I love. It's also, so uh, rewatching it uh, for the for the podcast, one thing that I was struck by was I had kind of forgotten how low stakes it is. Yeah. And yeah. and the, again, these movies have become such giant movies now that <laughs> it was it was kind of fun to just see like people just racing and, you know, there's kind of a gang thing going on. Yeah, but it's mostly just people being jealous and wanting to race and getting mad over girls did the family bring this upon themselves i mean i know it's the writers need to ramp it up like what you said before but like the first four movies all feel kind of like close tight-knit personal stories and then Mm. in five they're like we're gonna steal a hundred million dollars and it's like almost like they brought the world's attention upon them and they were thrust into the spotlight like i know it's just chris morgan like how do we go crazier but really it's like if you follow it narratively, they were, yeah, they were just, you know, riding under the, cruising under the radar, like Brian doing Wait, those weird things. They were local bad boys, and now they're international bad boys? Is think that what you're global. trying to say? Oh, yes. Yeah. It is your my lifespan. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think that's what you're trying to say. But I, I wonder. I mean, that's, you know, narratively, that plays, I think. So, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was all, I don't want to blame Dom, but, you know, they, uh, it was because they had to break him out at the end yep. of four yep. slash big enough five. And if they, yep. if, if that hadn't happened... If he hadn't decided, no, I'm going to face the music, or I don't know if I'm getting that ending right for four. He, he chooses not to run, yeah. Right, he had a chance to run, right? So if he had run, they don't end up in this problem. But then they don't save the world four times. So, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe it worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, Tokyo Drift, um, I don't know. It's it's just fun and becomes more fun every time I watch it, which yeah. is kind of nice. So, and then after that, I have... Uh, I have uh, Fast and Furious, so number four. Number four at four, okay. This is another one where it kind of flips back and forth. Uh, watching it and kind of the way it reestablishes the series, I feel like it's more important than I realized. Exactly my thoughts, brother. I'm because it's still, yeah, it's still like a uh, kind of street car culture adjacent, but mm-hmm. then they're starting to fight crime. You also have the, the tanker uh, heist at the beginning, which is... Uh, 
holds up really well, better than I expected when I, I rewatched it. And it kind of kicks off the second phase of now we're, you know, superheroes. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, and this is, so, I mean, you've already kind of hinted that Fast Five is going to be number one. So what's really interesting, Joe, this is now the 44th or 45th ranking that we have, right? The average ranking for the first movie and the sixth movie, one's a 359, one's a 358. One is perfect. One means Ooh. it's everybody's favorite movie. Nine means it's everybody's least favorite. So like a 358, 359, they're like basically tied for second. So like you have all the, I mean, for right now, you have all the power <laughs> in your hands to determine which one collectively people like more. So number three, is it Fast and Furious 6 or is it the Fast and the Furious? Or do you throw a monkey wrench in there and it's Fast 5, not at number one? Oh, well, that would be amazing to throw that monkey wrench in there, but <laughs> that would be untrue. So number three is uh, the original. Okay. The Fast okay. and Furious. I don't know. I actually haven't seen it in a while. I, I had a grand plan at one point where I was going to rewatch all of them before this, and then it turned into, no, I'm just going to rewatch Han-related stuff because of Tokyo Drift. Now, did um, you go back and watch Better Luck Tomorrow to do the Han-related stuff too, or no? Uh, I didn't, but I have seen it within the past year. Uh, oh, you mean as far as like tying it in? If that's yeah, because like, that's the one movie we have not seen that yet. Joe yeah, and I we both separately haven't it. seen it. We haven't covered it for the oh, podcast okay. yet, so we can't really talk about it. If if you're going for the complete Han filmography, like I feel like that's kind of it's in there somewhere. Oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. No, I, I didn't rewatch it. But it's I don't I don't know. I think he's joking, right? That's I don't not know. Really. It's, I, I mean, <laughs> is any of this real? Is any of this fake? Who knows? Who can tell? I don't know. But uh, but yeah. So the original uh, is number three for me, and then Fat uh, Fast Six is number two. Okay. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. World's longest runway. I yep. love it. Amen. It has the second best kind of team building stuff uh with the family other than five they they lose in ways that are fun and hadn't been done so much like i'm thinking of when they're chasing uh was it in the subway they're fighting and like yeah, everyone yeah. gets their ass kicked mm-hmm. you know stuff like that which hadn't happened that much yeah they don't lose anymore like they that's yeah. like the last movie where they actually like take a loss kind of yeah, it finally gets Han to his uh, destination. Although we know now that that wasn't really the thing. So. <laughs> yeah, we do know now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then Fast Five is number one. Um, of it's, course, yeah. It's just it's the most rewatchable. It's the most fun. The Rock and Vin Diesel are still, they don't totally hate each other yet. A- anytime the uh, final chase scene is on or near being on TV, then I'll just be like, well, I'll just sit here and watch it. <laughs> 20 exactly. to 30 minutes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's probably the most fun. I think it's definitely the most, I, I think to me, it's the most fun, most enjoyable. So I think what, and we've talked about this a lot, but I think it's a really nice blend of like a very tight, intimate movie. Like you're saying mm-hmm. in the early ones are, cause the first hour for the most part, is just the three of them. And then it gets right. all the crazy action stuff. And there's a nice blend of everything. It's kind of the perfect, you know, it's the perfect fast and furious movie. I think bring the yeah. whole team together for the first time. Yeah. 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 It's really perfect. It's their Avengers. And it even had a, I'm forgetting the character's name, but Matt Schultz uh, for a little bit. And he hadn't been in since the first one. Yeah, Yeah. Vince. All right. Well, thank you for that. Now we've got some very hard-hitting either-or questions. No wrong answers. (laughs) Okay. Um, These are all basically just opinion questions. Then at the end of the show, we're going to do a character quiz, find out who you actually are, which family member you're most like. But here, these are just fun, no stakes, either-or. Are you more, do you think, are you more of a Brian or a Dom? Oh, uh, Brian. Okay. Oh, do you want explanations? or do If I you want. Say? You don't have to. Whatever you want. If you have like a, you know, I just, uh, I have the 
bluest of blue eyes. I don't know. You know, I like I like imports. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's definitely just that Brian is much more of a rule follower who can be corrupted for the right reasons. I feel like I I identify with that versus uh, being a dom who you know lives by his own rules and drinks Corona and you know cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually leads us beautifully into our next question, which is our newest question, not. Your other question, Joe. This is another one that we introed last episode with Roxanne. Last time. Do you think, Dan, is Brian a good cop or a bad cop? Ooh. And we're we're talking about uh when you say good or bad, we're talking about at his job. Yes, correct. Yeah. Is he good at his job or is he bad at his job? Because he's very clearly a bad cop, like in terms of like, right, right, right. Because he lets criminals go. Is he? Do you think he's uh, good at his job or bad at his job? Uh, he has to be bad. Well, he has to be bad <laughs> at his job, right? In the first one, he infiltrates the gang. Vince is onto him almost immediately, even though no yep. one believes Vince. So he's not even that good at being undercover. Screws it up. Falls in love. Let's Dom go. Mm-hmm, yep. But then somehow gets promoted into working in Florida, <laughs> and then gets promoted to being with the FBI. Yeah, and yeah. Then, like, yeah, he just he just keeps on failing upward. <laughs> Story of the white man in America, am I right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so maybe that means he's a great cop. So I'll say bad or great. So like bad or great. Yeah. <laughs> so in in the uh, Google sheet that I track all of this in, I have like a if text basically reads this box, it's this. If it reads this box, it's that. I don't think I can do this with this because we've only had two answers so far, and I don't think we're ever going to have a good or bad. Because Roxana said he's smart enough to know he shouldn't be a cop. Like I feel like we're going to have like more nuance <laughs> and more like you know intricate answers here than for any other oh, question. Oh, that's such a perfect Roxana answer. <laughs> yeah. Now, similarly to the first question, are you more of a Mia or a Letty? Uh, Mia. Okay. We're a bunch of Mias here, too. We get it. We again, get it. again, just I'm not not so tough and, tough and humble. <laughs> exactly. And, None know. of us are. It's okay. Are you more of a Roman or a Tej? Oh, uh, I'm definitely a Tej. Okay. Nice. You're more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? <laughs> <laughs> this is the, like we're we're sort of like we're going way back and forth between like all sorts of personality types here. Yeah, between those two, I'm probably a Shaw. Mm. Okay, okay. I'm having a hard time uh, identifying with either because they're both alphas in a way that I'm so not. I'm like, <laughs> which one is the Rock can lift more? So maybe that makes me a, a Shaw instead of a Hob. And I would probably wear a suit over a tank top. So. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Are you more a fan of American muscle or imports? Uh, imports. Okay. Yeah. Very much go. in the minority there, but uh, you're, you're right with Joe, <laughs> so that's good. That's just kind of, I mean, I grew up in, in Hawaii, so oh, that's oh, kind cool. of where I, the car, I'm not a car person by any means, but the car culture that I grew up around with friends and stuff, it was a lot of Acura Integras and oh, uh, yeah. people, you know, lowering their Civics and actually a lot of <laughs> basically what you'd see in uh, the original Fast and Furious kind of stuff. Uh, Perfect. Cool. Are you more a fan or do you prefer to drink a Corona or a Belgian ale? Oh. Not really either. I guess Corona. If okay. That's, if those are my choices. So for all of these, it's basically like a choose your own adventure where like you can also right. kick down a third door that's not there and just answer however you want. I mean, if if I were answering now, my answer is probably whiskey. But I've definitely had quite a lot of Corona in my day. So <laughs> yeah. I think Corona. Okay. I think that works. We're pulling a job. We have mm-hmm. half the team in the field. Half the team back at HQ. Are you a racer or are you a designer? Are you out in the field pulling the job? Or are you back in HQ? Are you the man in the chair? I'm probably in the chair. Okay. Okay. On this job, we call you out. We say, Dan, Joe oh and I need to go God. to the other room. We need 10 minutes. We need five. We need three minutes. Three. <laughs> we need three you to minutes. sing a song. 
karaoke style. What song are you singing? Distract the room. What song do you sing? Interstate Love Song by Stone Temple oh, Pilots. Oh, yeah. Oh, good job. It's the only thing I can think of that's in my register that I can sing when I haven't ha- when I'm not completely drunk. So. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Very cool. We, that's one of my favorite questions. We get like a huge swath of answers. Yeah. Anything you can imagine, somebody's named it. Yeah. Like <laughs> all over the place. Like if we have a mixtape, maybe we do a mixtape. Maybe we do like a, a Too Fast, Too oh. Forever distraction song mixtape. It would have very little crossover. It would be like, what the, what kind of like bipolar nonsense is this? <laughs> it's great though. Polar is underselling it. Like, Polar is like, there's, there's all, like everything. Everything is covered. Right. We are successful. We stole $100 million. We split it three ways. You go to Monte Carlo. You go to Las Vegas. You go to Atlantic City. When they reopen, of course, safe to go. <laughs> you go to the roulette table. Are you betting it all on red? Or are you betting it all on black? Oh, and I have to bet the money. In this, in this yeah. scenario, in this scenario? Yes. Okay. Because my real answer would be I would put it in like a mutual fund and just you know hide out yep. for a little bit. Shout out Nate Milton, who has all your uh, you know tax sure. questions answered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I were, if I had to put this mm-hmm. money down i'm putting it on red oh okay because everyone knows the line you yep. always bet on black you know, <laughs> so come on nobody's even seen that movie i haven't seen that movie i know the line but you so know. you're figuring that based on like universal balance like karma or whatever that you're going to bet it on the other one because everybody else is like it's just like it's balanced it checks and balances like you're like you gotta right. yeah even the scales a little bit yeah okay i, I like so. that i appreciate that it's our next job. We need to get from here to there. I don't know. This is I've never introduced this question like this. I don't know where I'm going with this. Okay, Would you rather <laughs> jump a car out of a plane and the car has GPS guided parachutes or would you rather have to drive a car into a plane as it's taking off on the world's longest runway? Into a car, <laughs> out of a car, both ways, you're safe, you're not going to get hurt. You know, you're not going to die. Yeah. Right. Just which adrenaline rush do you want more? I think I want the jumping out of the plane. Cool. Okay. Cool. Are you going to drive out or do you? are you going to get Roman sucked out? Oh, uh, no. I'm driving out. Very cool. Oh. You have to control it yourself. That's the only way you're prepared. If you're if you're going to let yourself be sucked out, then you're not ready for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very it's, true. It's way worse. It's like yeah. ripping the Band-Aid off, but like yeah. also backwards and yeah. Hmm, no, <laughs> and me. out of a plane. Is the word oil... One syllable or two? Oil. 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 Is it one, one syllable? Okay. Oil? Yeah. Am I, it sounds like I'm saying, I don't know. I don't know. This, like, is, I, the I hardest, was, this is the hardest <laughs> question. I was trying to hear how you said it, and I, I don't even know. If I just heard it from your mouth, I wouldn't know. I don't know. Because I'm not saying oil. That oil. would be two syllables. Yeah, it's technically a diphthong. I don't remember what that means, but I know it's, it's a diphthong, so I think it means it's <laughs> one, but whatever. I think it's two. That's why it's on here. Okay. Yes. Our other newest question. We are going out to dinner. We're like, Dan, we found this restaurant. It's wonderful. They got little little red candles. They got wooden tables. They got food all over the place. The one with the plantain. One with the plantain. They got food all over the place. What do you think we mean when we say there's food all over the place? (laughs) Oh, God. What does that mean? Um, I think it means – like I'm picturing a buffet. Okay. Yeah. Like the the food's just out and you can just grab whatever you want. I mean, there's no right answer there. That's just a throwaway <laughs> line in the first movie that we're like, right. what does that mean? <laughs> Mia is like, Vince, what's, what's the name of that place? Little Red Kennel? The Plantain? Food all over <laughs> the place? <laughs> now, this next one, I feel like I don't stand a chance here because of where you live. Unless oh, maybe yes. this has turned you against it. Do you prefer In-N-Out or Whataburger? I mean, I have to go In-N-Out. But yeah. I've never had Whataburger, so 
Thanks. That's a I, fair. That's a fair. I assessment. honestly can't. You know, I can't. I mean, it might be better, but I've never had it. Well, um, save yourself and don't eat it because it's <laughs> fucking garbage. I was sending the Joe that some girl went viral on Twitter today because actually she might be that's that's off the table, Joe. We're going to do a BD Wappy of her too. But she just said, "I'm in Texas. Should I get Whataburger?" And it went viral for whatever reason. And I saw it because Jose Altuve of the Astros liked the tweet, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, she just like it's going down and like she's just doing updates and everything." And then she's like, "Yeah, it went viral." Like I don't know why that went viral, but I guess people are home and bored or whatever. But you know, the Whataburger people people stand Whataburger. Yeah, I do know people who who. Uh, swear by it, and mm-hmm. they they love Far Whataburger. Uh, <laughs> I've just never had it, so I don't know. I don't really have skin in the game here. I like mm-hmm. it a lot. I'm not a huge fan of In and Out, but yeah, I think I think people take the In and Out thing a little. It's a little like it's not. It's fine. It's Thank not you. like it's Thank not like you. the best burger ever. But Thank you know, it's, it's not the best burger ever. But in its price range, yeah, it's an excellent burger. I just think if you're going to L.A. for a burger, throw a couple extra bucks at it go to the counter go to the apple pan go to like a real burger place that's oh i did like fair, but i'm saying well, you apple have to keep cool. it in scale i get it i get it I, I know i'm just saying if you're going to la for a burger don't go there for in and out anyway right. <laughs> gonna litigate that one until the end of time dan would you rather die in a fiery explosion <laughs> or drown in icy water <laughs> that's such a good question i think a fiery explosion. Okay. I could be wrong, but I'm hoping that it is shorter. Drowning in icy water, you're going to feel that for, you know, even if it's like a minute. But if the explosion is right, if they do it right, then you explode and, you know, you're in pain for a second and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? I don't know how to... I, I, that's a weird... Comp- uh, dark <laughs> Dark Knight, I guess. I, my brain can't put those two in the same box. At the end of eight, when Roman and Roman, I, I guess now Tesh isn't even hitting on her, but when Roman is hitting on Ramsey, he's like, "Do you want me, like the Dark Knight, or do you oh. want Tesh, you, want Ro- Re- you know, Revenge of the Nerds?" I forgot about that. That's why I like asking with no context, because then it's like right. when you know the context, you're like, "Am I picking Roman or picking Tesh?" It's like right, that, right, that, right. just like, what does that question even mean? No, it's got to be Dark Knight. Also, okay. Revenge of the Nerds has become problematic. True. <laughs> that, might, that might be that might be the second movie, but still, I don't know that we need to revisit that. Hey man, uh, a culture. it's a different time. It's a different time. <laughs> very much so. I'm very proud that all of our guests are like, uh, yeah, Revenge of the Nerds has a lot of problems, doesn't it? Like, like every one of you guys is like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, and the last question for now before we kick off the conversation about the movie. Do you have a favorite character in the franchise? Uh, I mean, it's Han. Okay. It, it has to yeah, be yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. Even if everybody doesn't say it, I think that's everybody's favorite. Like, that's everybody's answer, even if that's not the answer that they give. If that makes sense. Yeah, true. <laughs> he's just so, he's so cool. Yeah. He's so cool, you can't not love Han. Yeah. After I saw Tokyo Drift, even though I do not look like uh, Han, I did wish I looked like Han. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. We all do. It, it's the same kind of thing where, like, it's not exactly the same, but, like, after I saw Drive, I was like, oh, I kind of wish that I was in better shape so I could wear that jacket. There's an emblem of cool on screen, and I want to wear yeah. that. Although we've talked about that jacket a whole lot of times, and, like, I'm glad that I never bought that jacket because I should, <laughs> I should not be wearing still, that jacket. You're still lusting after this fucking Drive jacket, aren't you? I will you, never not lust after it until I can pull it off, and then at that point, I'm like, I don't need that jacket. You just gotta wait. You gotta do, like, the full what's his, stuntman Mike, and you gotta, like, wait until you're, like, 60. And, and just pull just an icy on. hot jacket? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Alright, now, to kick off the conversation, we got three questions. You can answer one, two, or three, however you want to do it. Do you have a favorite car movie? Because this this lap, we are theming it Kicking It Old School. We're watching in, in our off weeks and our bonus episodes. We're watching mostly classic car movies. So do you have a favorite car movie that's not in this franchise? That's question number one. Mm-hmm. Do you have a Barbie dream car? Like, what's the car that you want? If you if money was no object, 
what car would you want? And, or, do you have a favorite car or favorite car stunt in Tokyo Drift? Well, I'm not going to answer the dream car one because I'm boring and don't really have a dream car. Like, <laughs> no, I don't either. It's all, it's all good. I'm just like, it, it just needs to work. That's fine. Favorite car movie outside of this franchise? Are you like a car guy in general or not really? Not really, no. Okay. I've seen Bullet many, many times. Yeah. So that's probably... Oh, you know, actually, it's not a car movie explicitly, but uh, Ronin, the okay. Uh, okay. the nine eight movie, like that, the the car sequences in that movie are really intense. Yeah, I've not seen that yet, but we are spoiler for the for the listeners. We're covering that this lap in a little bit. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that movie in kind of a, and I don't know how I found it because I I ended up getting it on DVD somehow without ever seeing the movie oh okay like i think i bought it because robert de niro was on the cover gotcha. and it was like Makes oh sense. it's a 20 dollar movie sure why not and then i saw it and loved it as far as in tokyo drift uh my favorite car stunt or car i i can't really say which car i like oh, I'm you're right there with me don't worry about it don't yeah. feel you're, you're, you're right at home you have a car in your brain i honestly don't know enough about cars to like i i would pick hans because it looks cool yeah but i know i like out of the the driving sequences are great but the absurdity of when he gets the number from the girls yes it's so it doesn't make any sense like why it happens, how it happens within the middle of the city that like, oh, there are no cars for 30 <sighs> seconds. And like, but you can see the lights going and other cars in the background. But I just love the absurdity of that. And the way it's shot, it's like a dance. And I was like, oh, that's cool. One of our, we, we watched this. Um, I was just about to say that. Yep. Time, and we watched it with uh, all of our fans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people that like listen to the show. So we had a family watch party and um, somebody said that Han says earlier in the movie, like, you know, you only drift to like show you're better than the other guy. The only reason why you should drift to Sean is like prove something. Oh, you had to prove that you're faster. He's like, what's the point? And then Han drifts around the girls to get their number. And that's the only time he drifts in the movie. (laughs) Right. He's like, yeah, it has to really mean something. And he's like, getting numbers means something. He does the the drifting around the car, right? And then he just parks, and then he just mm-hmm. stares at them until, like, he's like Jedi mind tricking them into like giving him <laughs> their number. Right? These are not the droids you're looking for. Because it's not yeah. like it's not like they're writing it down as he's drifting. It's like, hey, what now? And they're like, yeah, all right, I guess. <laughs> and also, the I don't know if it's just the way it's cut, but it looks like it's the passenger who's writing down her number. So I don't know if they both wrote down their number or if it's just her, uh, even though it's the driver who handed over to her. Oh yeah. To, uh, right. to Hans. It's very, it's very, I'm assuming that they both wrote down their number because, you know, after that display, why would you not? Right. Or just like one, like, Hey, I'm the passenger. Call me. She's driving. Like I'll answer the phone immediately. <laughs> they just wanted the most free handed one. Although we right. also said that like Han probably just throws those numbers out. Like, cause again, he's just doing it just like to, like, he doesn't, I feel like after like po- in a post Giselle world, like mm-hmm. no offense to these ladies, but like who could, who could, who could possibly compare? Oh no, this is just, yeah, this is just that he can, not that he ever calls them. If these girls had a really cool car and Han runs into them, even in Tokyo, I'm sure that they already knew who Han was. <laughs> Like, if they're, like, in, like, tuner culture, they seem like they were, like, party girls. Like, you would have to know exactly who Han is already. So maybe he was just lying and and pretending with his friends to make Sean feel not cool. (laughs) Look at how cool I am. It's just just a giant (laughs) plot. Like, he's known them forever. He went to grade school with them. Man, oh, man. So now, Dan, you said this is your fifth favorite movie in the franchise, but you said, I think you said... 
it's the most important. So I want to know what me like what about this movie? Because I think if I remember right, when I reached out to you, this is the mo- the one that you want to talk about the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about this movie strikes you? Like, what did you want to talk about? Like, what is what's your reason behind like the I guess the thought that like this is the most important? Just personally, it's the most important to me. It's one of the first movies where I feel like again I talked about I was a I was more of an asshole when I was younger mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. about film specifically. I feel like when I saw this movie and started to appreciate it. It was kind of like that film school mindset of like, oh no, film has to be like art and important and dark and, you know, never any fun. Uh, I feel like that mindset was kind of like, like a fever breaking. And this movie was one of the, uh, it was almost like the medicine that I got. Oh, that's awesome. That that broke that fever. The other part of it is that I remember, so going back to the Justin Lin part of it and how, I didn't like uh, Better Luck Tomorrow. And there, there, there's one particular reason why I hated that movie. And it was because you guys haven't seen it, right? Right. No. Or, there's a shot in that movie that uh, where he's like spinning the camera. And when I saw it in that movie, I was so upset because I was like, this is pretentious and like absurd. And you're using it. You're, you're like moving your camera in this distracting way in this uh. movie that like, like the movie otherwise is, you know, what I thought I wanted Right then, which is like, you know, mostly dark and kind of like edgy and, you know, important film. But he does this shot where the camera is spinning around and I'm like, you're just showing off that you can do this shot. And I'm so like now I'm taken out of this movie. Right. Cut to several years later when I see Tokyo Drift and I see him using that camera in this movie all over the place. And I was like, oh, you're an action director. Like, that's what this is. Like, that's what it is. You're just practicing. Right. Because because using that camera and that style in this movie and then all through these other movies and even up through, you know, the, the other movies and shows he's done today. Yeah. It's incredible how, like how fun it makes it, how much movement and uh, energy it brings to scenes that should not be interesting or that should just feel kind of, kind of boring. Like in this movie, the, uh, the first one that really like I, when I was rewatching the first part that really like reminded me of this was when Sean gets to the first uh, drift race and DK like turns back to face him then like the camera spins around him yeah, yeah, and, yes. and, and it comes around into into a shot of the two of them that moment could be you know you, normally you just have the person stop and turn around and you, you'd cut back and forth but mm-hmm. in doing it that way I was like oh this is like a fun he just made like even little moments like that fun and then of course when he starts shooting action then it's it just feels great so, yeah I feel like I learned a lot about not only Justin Lin but about filmmaking and visual storytelling and uh, and I, I came to appreciate it in a way that i i didn't uh, before and i think it fits the aesthetic of this movie like the kinetic nature both of just tokyo in general and like mm-hmm. the, everything about this movie is meant in in a good way to feel like chaotic like this like the constant needle drops and like yes the sights and sounds all over the place and just the right. speed of it all and like even when he slows it down like when we were watching on sunday and we were talking about like that one kind of de palma shot where it's like the tracking shot like the goodfellas shot as they're following as as sean, sean is following the... twinkie into the party right it's just like mm-hmm. there's that yeah. long like even that feels like flourishing like flourishy and stylistic and like everything he's doing is working but i guess it's the kind of thing where if you're in the wrong mindset if you're watching if you want that gritty edgy dark thing you're like well why is he doing this but like if you're into the rhythm the vibe of what he's bringing it all works together and it gels really well yeah it's i I agree with that completely i feel like at some point all of us were some kind of film snob right it's cool (laughs) that like fast and the furious we've heard from like a lot of people now you included no matter what like when you get to the bare bones of this you're like these are just fun man and like you can't 
hate on them because they're so much fun. So, right. you know, you'll be watching it and you'll be like, oh, maybe like I didn't like this or like, why did he do this shot or something? But at the end of the day, like it's just an enjoyable movie, right? Like they're just made for your enjoyment. And it's it's cool to remind yourself now that we have all these other movies that are like, you know, you have blockbusters that are trying to make a ton of money and you have like all these art films and stuff like that. You just have Fast and Furious and they're like, at the end of the day, they're just trying to make a movie that's fun for yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. And that's hard. That's really hard in its own way. Now, here's a very important question. We have a, we have a debate, and I honestly, I, I, I can't remember. We talked about this on Sunday, too, and I can't remember which side of the debate I'm on. But in the <laughs> beginning the of the movie, of the I'm on the wrong side. Okay, that's fine. But so Sean in <laughs> yes. America races, and he, so he gets in the car accident, up. and they're like, you're going to Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And he shows up to his dad's house, and his dad's like, oh, shit, no, Sean. Wait, remember, his mom goes, is it illegal to smoke in the police station? Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're... you're I'm uh, not objection. doing I'm just giving all the facts. Hearsay. <laughs> That's not the facts. They're presented as evident. Like it's it's in the film. <laughs> yeah, but it's you also irrelevant. Relevance. Objection. Relevance. It's character. Character. Okay, fine. Overruled. The objection is overruled. Okay. Anyway, Sean shows up in Japan, knocks on his dad's door. He's like, "Hold on a second. And he closes the door. Oh, I thought he says it's the se- you're supposed to be here the seventh, and Sean says it is the seventh. Yes. 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 I've given up this battle, so I don't remember. Like, I think I have like PTSD. Like, I blacked this out. So anyway, the point of this is that he closes the door, opens the door back up, lets a prostitute out, lets Sean mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Somebody made a mistake. Either his dad, who is, by the way, a lifelong military man, or his mom, who's a mess and who's just like flirting with a cop. Who made the mistake? Oh wow! And I genuinely, um, and I genuinely don't remember which side of the argument I came down. You're on I'm the like, wrong side because you're on my, you're on my side now. I don't know if this is what's actually being presented, but my assumption is that the intent is that it's the dad made the mistake oh. because he's he's absent and he hasn't been in his life for who knows how long. Or I guess he Sean says on the uh, trip date how long when his dad left. So he hasn't been in his life. He's kind of like he's not, uh, you know, present as a father. And I have thoughts on that too. Uh, if we want to get into that, yeah, definitely. Like it's kind of like he's been partying, right? He thought the seventh meant he's leaving America on the seventh, which means he'd arrive on the eighth, uh, which also may not work depending on how far he had to fly because we don't actually know where he's flying from. <laughs> they well, never say. Arizona. I know it's I know it's Arizona, but they never they never say that. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was really weird. So I guess it's the. I think it's the dad. Was that my original idea, Joe? I don't remember where I thought on this. This is this was your original idea, and my argument always was his father is a lifelong Navy vet, right? Like he's been in the Navy. <laughs> if anyone knows time, it's him. We've established that the mother is really absent-minded, trying to smoke in the police station, flirts with a cop. She's been through this before. Moves states doesn't really take care of Sean too well either. It was probably her giving the wrong date. No, this is supported because the fact, why would you get a hooker the day after your son doesn't arrive? Because, okay, yes, now I remember the argument. Now I remember the argument. Because yes. like your, your son doesn't show up. You're at the airport. You wait and wait and wait. He's not there. And then you're like, well, I hooker guess he's not time. coming. I guess the mom messed up again. That's why I think that it's his fault because he says, I thought you were supposed to come on the 7th. And then Sean says, it is the 7th, which means in the dad's mind, he thinks that he was, if he, if he thinks he was supposed to leave America on the 7th, then he's arriving on the 8th. So this is his last hooker. 
before Sean arrives. Yeah, but you would have got it the night before, right? So he would right, but he thinks this is the night before. No, no, he thinks this is the night before because he thinks it's the mom's fault. No, 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 it's it's the dad's fault because the dad interpreted the seventh as being (laughs) you're leaving America on the seventh, arriving in Japan on the eighth. What, which is an absurd assumption to make. He was supposed to like they, so they communicate to him the seventh. They just said Sean is arriving on the seventh or whatever, leaving on the seventh or whatever, right? But he thought Sean was getting there. He was. Uh, oh he boy. thought he was getting there on the eighth. I think the movie posits it as the dad's fault, right? Because he's yes, like, it, it is the seventh. That's right? their yeah. intention, but at the same time, that's not how it plays out. Because Japan's a day ahead. Then Sean would have said, "It is the." It would have been like, "It was the eighth. No, no, no. But it is the seventh <laughs> because he arrives on the seventh as as he was told. Yeah, <laughs> but that means the mom didn't communicate that he was going to arrive to Japan on the seventh. See, he's like, Sean, your mom told me you were going to be here on the 7th. I mean, look, his mom might have had sex with the cop. <laughs> uh, so, so so, I feel like she's doing her best. Okay. <sighs> she, wait, she did, right? The mom's had it rough, and she's just doing her best, man. That's all she's – that's all that's – all. and this kid, like, they're moving, they're moving, they're moving. He keeps getting into trouble. He keps racing. He keeps getting into fights. He keeps picking on the rich kids. Like, she's at the end of her wits. Like – even if she messed up, it's not her fault, man. Because Sean just is just such it's a awful. little fuck. It's, yeah. How about this new theory? It's Sean's fault. It pro- it is Sean's fault. Oh, it's definitely Sean's fault. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, um, this is also like we're also taking Sean at his word that it's the seventh. But like Sean doesn't know. Sean's a dumb kid. He's a stupid kid. Well, okay. he's a stupid twenty-four year old. But yes. Yeah. Right. Oof. Now, Dan, another very important question for you about this. How do you feel about uh, Chrissy Teigen being the new star of this movie? Did you hear about that? I did just hear about this. What time? I, I don't know. Did you guys tweet it? Is that, no, we that we, did, we tweeted I, about it, yes. I, I'm assuming that's where I heard about it initially. I, I did not realize that uh, Chrissy Teigen was in this movie, but apparently she is. <laughs> There's more I mean, of that action camera. That, that swooping action camera <laughs> yeah. to like, cut off right before we see her face. There's only so much you can get in. It's a uh, lot of hard choices leaving. <laughs> stuff on the cutting room floor you know? yeah this is <laughs> you know you gotta keep the movie a tight like hour 39 you can't show the extra like eight frames to show the bottom of her face you gotta cut right. it off right at the boobs right it's not like chrissy teigen is is unattractive right like if you'd have cut up to her face you'd have been like yeah but he's like oh she doesn't right no she's Japanese beautiful enough. she's a model for a reason <laughs> collectively i think we've established at least on the show that dk is one of the coolest and best villains in the franchise and the, the yes. franchise has and I think it also goes hand in hand with sort of the scale and the size and the scope problem here. But like, of all the eight or nine or whatever villains in the franchise, where do you where do you think DK falls? Is he one of your favorites? Do you buy his intentions? Like, for as much as we love these movies, I think the villains are sometimes hit or miss. But mm-hmm. I think we both really like DK. But how do you feel about DK? Do you think he's a good villain? Lower stakes, of course. But like in right. terms of the movie. Where do you think he falls in the uh, the all time greats? I like DK a lot. This is going to sound silly, but I I kind of get his like emotion in this. Like he's not he's so upset, and like when he's mad, like every time he's mad, even when he's clearly being the bad guy or being possessive of Neela or you know whatever, like he has a reason. Like he has a good reason for why he's upset why he, you know, is mad at Han, why he's scared of his uncle. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the beginning, just he's kind of picking on Sean because he's the foreigner. But after that, it's like he always has like a real emotional reason behind why he's doing what he's doing, even if he's making a bad choice or being, you know, being a bad guy. I kind of, I kind of like that. And I kind of uh, appreciate that about it and about the way that he's portrayed. As far as like 
villains in the entire show. Yeah, I guess it's like how, it, how they fit in the movie because like you can't really compare him to Cypher because Cypher is trying to blow up the world essentially and he's right. just like, you know, I'm king of this one drifting, you know, like I'm just whatever, right? But Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I definitely enjoy – he's not just like mustache twirling evil. Yeah. He also is just kind of cool, like in a different light. Like, because we're, we're, we're following this movie from Sean's perspective, but like, if we're not following from his perspective, he's just like this, you know, cocky white outsider, right? The actual, the guy, Jean, like, who just comes right. in and just like, oh no, like, we shouldn't be rooting for him. It's just because we're in his shoes that we're like, oh, this guy's the bad guy. But like, in any of the world, like, he's just kind of the cool, he's like the quarterback of the football team, kind of. If you think about it from DK's perspective, his underage, but, you know, I guess family friends, I guess it's okay, girlfriend uh, is being stolen from him. His best friend is like stealing from him. And now he's in trouble with his mob boss uncle. That's a lot of stress for like DK is is being just put upon in this entire movie. I don't know. Maybe DK is a hero. I don't know. I I didn't think about that until now. He totals his car at the end. He almost dies. And then people cheer that he loses. Like what? Like what? And now he has to leave town. Like his (laughs) uncle's going to make him leave town. Yeah. Exactly. His uncle's like, you're you're done. And Sean takes reins of like his whole empire in in one race. That's it. It's over. We have, a, I think, we have a hero problem. I think we're following the wrong person in this movie. Like, we should absolutely be following DK. Yeah. Sean is definitely a villain. <laughs> Han's a good guy, but like, if we're to believe that Han is a great hero, don't you think that DK is also part of the hero team? Right? Like the Batman and Robin of Tokyo? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Han says in his very poignant speech to Sean about like the people you keep around you that yeah. like says who you are. So, but you're hanging out with DK, so that means that there must be something good about him, right? Or are you? a bad guy and we're on the wrong side well i think that's that's the inherent conflict in all these movies right like are you the good guy pretending you're a bad guy every day like that whole thing like all these Mm -hmm. all these people that we're rooting for are villains like they're all criminals like we're following (laughs) a group of people who are stealing from trucks like they're just jacking trucks they steal 100 like i know that they're stealing from a criminal in five but they steal 100 million dollars like yeah mm-hmm. you know dom breaks bad and tries to help like i know he's doing it for his family but like they're committing crime after crime after crime and we're like yeah family 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 it's like well no like these they're not good people <laughs> yeah i don't know but yeah i do like dk as a villain and uh i did not think i was gonna come here and say that maybe dk is the hero <laughs> but that's where we are apparently the dk um, redemption tour begins tonight <laughs> this is the kind of this is the kind of shit you talk about when when you've watched these movies. Justice for DK, and man. Over, <laughs> over and and I want DK back. DK's not dead. No, we he need justice for DK. Justice for DK. If you can let uh, Jason Statham join the family, then yeah. DK can join the family. I mean, come on. Please. He didn't kill anybody. Or at least just continue to be an underling under someone else. Maybe he's like Cypher's like, coffee boy or something. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> he was exiled from Japan. Yeah. Like, he, could be, he could be anywhere. I actually do wonder which of the villains in these movies we could retrofit to be good. Like, Johnny Tran is no better or worse than Dom. He's just not the one that we're following, right? Like, he's a criminal and he's like the leader of a gang family, whatever, just like Dom. I would have to guess that Johnny Tran has a family at this point. If we go back, like, Johnny Tran and, like, <laughs> Brian's kids are or in the same school in California or something. Well, right? well, the franchise, I think what we read online is that he's dead. Like, they, people think he got shot and killed. Like, we don't see a body again, right? So he might not be dead, but I think the universe... Doesn't he get killed? No, I think he gets shot. Well, we know that Lance dies. I think I think that he's probably... Like, we didn't see a body. Is all my, that's, that's my only point. And it right. doesn't even matter if we see a body anymore, because what the right. fuck does that matter? Right. Carter Verona is a drug lord. I don't think we can really rationalize that, other than, like, unless we want to be, like, the Breaking Bad. Like, Heisenberg's the hero, but, like, that shows basically like no he's not like stop it yeah right braga is 
just uh, and we already poached Giselle, so poached Giselle. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bro- yeah. Brogdon doesn't. He's not redemptive. He's just an egotistical asshole, right? Yeah, and he's in jail. Right. And remember, he and like he comes back in six or whatever. So Reyes in five is again a drug lord, you know, egomaniacal. Like it's basically just like they're just tackling people with egos bigger than theirs, right? Like, they're not mm-hmm. inherently yeah. terrible. They're also not great. Six, it's again we're following. You know, it's the whole Owen Shaw is basically just Dom through another lens. Like their whole it's literally the same family, right? It's the blonde for blonde right. and all these different stuff, right? So yeah. Deckard is just defending his family. Cypher has she thinks that she's doing things to help the world. Brixton kind of thinks he's doing things to help the world. Like I, I think we have a misunderstood villains problem. I think we're the villains. We're looking in the <laughs> mirror and we're the bad guys. Is yeah. that the ending? By the time they get to ten, then it's like they realize, oh no, we've been the bad guys the whole time. It's like one of those like bad horror movie twists where it's like we go back and like there's never been villains all along. It's just always been them. <laughs> like and they they're they're <laughs> the one with like God's eye trying to like hunt down like innocent people and like it's been ten movies of Fight Club and yeah, they're just they're just exactly. projecting villains everywhere while they while they take over the world and then they splice in single frames of pornography in fast and furious 10 chasing off every poor family (laughs) that were like yeah you can see this movie yeah wow wow man wow what a revelation jeez what else about this movie do you want to talk about because we've talked about this again this is now our sixth time so by all means lead the conversation so much okay please go please can we go through kind of like so i i have a list whatever you want brother just from like the beginning on one thing that i noted uh watching this movie again I loved it. I did not care, but I had so many questions mm-hmm. where I was like, why is this the way it is? Sure. To start the high school that he's in. It, yes. it, it I don't understand this high school. The Which high school? The Japanese high school or the, the American high school? Well, even the American high school. Yeah, both don't make any sense. They're clearly rich kids, but then also there's metal detectors, so I guess it's dangerous. Even though we know it's Arizona, they never really say it. Why does he have McDonald's for lunch? Uh, <laughs> that doesn't make, like, is there a McDonald's? And he has it on a tray, so it's like, is there a McDonald's on campus? Yeah, uh, I was confused Brian by that. This up too. We were like, but apparently, like, there's some schools they do have a McDonald's in the school. That was like a thing oh, at some point. Yeah, I did not. We know like that. we learned that because Brian of High School Slumber Party, patron Brian Rodriguez, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he. It was like we were talking about it because, you know, he studies a lot of high school films and there is high schools that do have like brand name, like you know, food courty kind of things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. In their schools. So, yeah, it's apparently not as I mean, I didn't go to school like that. But. No. And like even I'm so low on that food chain of food, I guess, that like even the idea of leaving campus to get lunch in high school seems alien to me. Like we weren't even allowed to do that even as a senior. It's like, no, you have to eat here. And like, yeah. Uh-huh. so, yeah, to have McDonald's in your school is like, what? Yeah. yeah. So there, so there's probably not much around, right? <laughs> right. I think you're being very cruel to Arizona right now. I mean, it's a fucking desert, dude. I, I love Arizona, but at the same time, they're right like, next to Shangri La. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other things that I really loved in the this is all just before he gets to gets to Japan. Uh, Zachary Ty Bryant, uh, who is clearly the captain of the football team, yeah. throws a baseball through his through his rear windshield. Yeah. Which again, you can't throw a football, so I guess unless he's his arm was that good, and that would have been amazing. He's but, all American. They're just trying to show you he's the. <laughs> all-american boy he's the quarterback right. he's a pitcher he's everything <laughs> i just thought it was funny that he's wearing his football jersey and he throws a baseball oh for sure yeah, yeah yeah he doesn't care about anybody blah 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 oh uh so when they get to japan i love that sean's dad lays down the rules you just go to school you come home and no cars no uh, cars and, and he breaks the rules immediately on day one yeah. 
which is great. Do you love the scene we were talking about when we were watching this time? He comes in and it's such the normal parent-child d- dynamic of like the, like, were you smoking weed? But it's oh, yeah. like, were you around cars? <laughs> and we're like, what does he do? Like, smell like exhaust? Like, what did you, like, how did you find that out? Like, there's cars, you're in a fucking city. Like, there's always cars. It's 100% the scene where it's, have you been drinking? Let me smell yeah. your breath. Except it's, yeah, have you been driving? <laughs> <laughs> Like, what the fuck is he doing? One other thing that I I loved. So Sean uh, is like this fish out of water. He, between, you know, the actor's accent and kind of how they set him up, he's supposed to be kind of like this American, maybe from the South. uh, Alabama boy. Bama boy. Yeah. If you watch him whenever he's eating, he's real good with chopsticks. Like, he's (laughs) way, the first scene, he's holding those chopsticks like a pro. This is just the dumb kind of stuff that I like to pay attention to. But uh, when he's on the date with Neela, um, she is not. Like, she clearly does not know how to use chopsticks. And he's, he's he, like, he looks like he's lived in Japan using chopsticks. And he's it's, probably and, never had any Asian food. In the, well, actually, maybe. We don't know where he moved from, right? Take like, out Chinese. Right. We don't know. They're at least setting it up in this way of, like, oh, look at how strange and foreign Japan is. You know, even the food, it's, like, it's supposed to look exotic and weird. And then and then uh, Twink comes in and says, uh, don't ask, don't tell, because we're going to make that <laughs> joke because it's 2006. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know it's yeah so it, it feels like he's being set up to think that this is all strange and foreign to him but he seemed totally fine with chopsticks which i thought was great it's set up to be fish out of water but he's very clearly like at home in his little pond that made me wonder if i was making assumptions about him based on what i was projecting and, oh you know, for I'm sure just, i mean i'm just assuming that he's this hayseed who doesn't yeah. know anything but, i mean when you hear him speak no. like how could you not no offense right. but just like the way that he's like he's affecting a stereotypical Southern accent. I know that everybody doesn't speak like that, but he's just like, he's putting himself on to be like this, you know, Bam, even, I mean, Bam he even makes jokes right. about it. Like, I didn't even have to put ketchup on it or nothing. Like, you know, like he, he's playing into it. So like, right. he even knows as a character, he even knows that like, this is what he's doing. There's other little stuff that I just thought was silly. Okay. So, so this is kind of the biggest one and I'm sure you guys have talked about it. And I'm sorry if you've talked about it to death and you know, it's not a, uh, no, go ahead, man. does he have to be in high school? Like that, that part of this movie never makes any oh, sense. We've never actually talked about that. I mean, we no, know, really? not this, within the scope of being this. a high school movie, but never right. whether it, it needs to be. The the weird thing is that it, it adds a lot of strange logic problems to this movie. Uh, so like like him being sent to Japan, I guess it, it helps because then he can't control. I think why, he needs to be a minor. Sent. Yeah. Right. So so I guess that's kind of the main reason to do it. But then you get to Japan, he's thrown into this high school where they're only speaking Japanese and he doesn't know anything. Really so I don't know how it. he's expected to learn. No. Or do any work. Or get there yeah. in the first place. And then he's hanging out with Han, who in the original movie was probably supposed to be mid-20s, maybe late 20s. But like yeah. with all the retconning, who knows how old he's supposed to be now? And it's weird that he's like he has a 17-year-old protege. There are other kind of like weird things. So like the driving age in Japan is 18. I mean, you know, they're breaking the law left and right anyway, so who cares? But technically, he wouldn't have a license. Oh, true. It yeah. also makes me wonder, again, I love the drift date. Uh, with him and Neela and it, and I love like the calm drifting that they're doing up the mountain and she's telling oh, yeah. these stories but she's telling these stories like she's like in her 30s like <laughs> in the old days we would come up here when we were kids and we would just drift and it was so different and we just drive whatever we had it's like you're you're 18 at the oldest you're 18 <laughs> so when were the old days I mean I when guess you know when, when you're dating a Yakuza crime boss's nephew and like you've, you've seen some shit that's true that's true 
Yeah, I'm sure that DK didn't really have to follow any driving rules, right? Right. And he was a little bit older, so assuming he's like, you know, like we said, Han at this point, like early, mid-20s, DK's probably around the same age, Mm -hmm. plus he didn't have to follow the rules, but it's also very creepy that Neela was living in his house and probably, you know, significantly younger than him, and he was like also courting her. Seems very strange, but we don't address that too much. Very weird. Yeah, so it just felt like the old days would have been maybe, even forgetting all the the rules stuff aside, she would have been maybe like 14. So that's like four years ago. It's a long time ago when you're 18, but it's just, just just the way it was written and the fact that it's just like, it it sounds like someone reminiscing for their youth that they no longer have. It's like, it's like the the lady in Titanic. She's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I remember that day. (laughs) Right. It had the same level of like emotion behind it. And I appreciated that. And I I was, uh, I was on board. (laughs) I, I see your original question. I, I don't know if this does need to be said in high school, but I think yeah, I think that the whole point is that he can't be in control of his own destiny. He right. needs to be exiled to Japan to get right. there. And that's the only way we could have done that. And the other side of that question for me was just the fact that because uh, his dad lays down the law and then quickly becomes unimportant until they need his car at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or until, I guess, until uh, until he stops DK with his own gun. That yeah, he, until he has the, other, the one other gun in Tokyo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh well he's a he's a navy man so you know of course he has a sidearm with him it just kind of like went away basically which in you know in ways that made sense like you see uh you see sean move out and go live at han's garage but yeah it, it just made me wonder if like if he was just on the run for some reason and he was early 20s like would it have been that different they needed the the southern boy dynamic and i don't mm-hmm. think that you could like if it would have been like oh man it's my last chance gotta get out of alabama I'm going to go to Tokyo. It would have been like, what the <laughs> fuck was going on here? You know, right, like, yeah, I right. think that would have been more jarring than him right. being a 24 year old in high school. But yeah, that's very, very interesting to think about. I'm going to rack my brain about this for a while. Well, cause like what's actually, you know, what we've talked about before and we talked about again on Sunday when we watched it. And like Joe mentioned, we have got, we got our friend Brian of high school slumber party. He always talks about like to the point now at the end of each episode, where he talks about a high school movie. He gives out an award, the Cameron Fry award, like which of these kids doesn't look like they're in high school. And it feels mm-hmm. like that's a logic issue across all high school movies. It's like, we want to tell a high school story, but like we want to treat these kids, not only treat them like they're adults, but like give them adult experiences. Like, well, that's not why are you trying to cover best of both worlds here. Like, it doesn't really make sense. And I feel like I've never, I don't think we've ever thought about it in this way for this movie, but you're right. Like, it's again, everything would be, it would make more sense, but you just have to get him under the guidance of his father or just right. out of America. But like, how do you, do, I, I don't know a better way to do that. Yeah, I don't either. I'm not saying it would be more satisfying, uh, but there's probably a version where it could be he has to go on the run and his buddy kind of like it can even parallel what happened to Han, where it's like his buddy says, hey, come to Japan, you know, we'll take care of you. And then uh, then you have to get rid of then you have to get rid of the friend so that he can fall in with Han and, and DK and everything. I don't know. Ju- just as an excuse. You're right. I like this theory. How about this? Han meets Sean on the side of the road in Arizona as like he's trying to escape America, right? And he's like heartbroken about Giselle. They like meet at a gas station. He's like, man, like where where are you headed or something? Like his car's broken down. He's like, where are you headed? And he's like, I don't know, man. I need to get out of America. And he's like, oh, me too. Like I was thinking about going to Japan. You want to join? 
And like it, that could have worked, right? <laughs> I mean, that works in terms of getting Sean there. That adds like 500 logic problems and like timeline errors with like Han's whole thing. Because like he's right. established in Tokyo. It could have been Earl or like somebody else that was Han's buddy, right? Right. Say he's 18 or whatever, or I don't know. I guess 18 doesn't really make things better here. But like say he's a little <laughs> bit older and his mom's like, you have to get out. Like I, you can't live here anymore. Or like a girlfriend kicks him out or whatever. He's like, fine, yeah, I'm going mm-hmm. to go somewhere. And he goes to an airport. That even feels like a just like a weird kind of coincidence, right? Because at least in this movie, it's like, I can't handle you anymore. You're going with your father who is where it's like, it's not really a choice, right? Like it's just like a, you could go, you have to go with one other place. It's not like- Also, it changes the dynamic between him being there on punishment and him being there because he chose to be there. But I guess also, like, if he goes to Tokyo, like, say he's 25, right? And he goes there mm-hmm. by choice. Like, he's just like, I, I can't do it in America anymore. I need to go somewhere else, a fresh start. It feels like going into high school gives him an easy in narratively storytelling-wise to meet all these people. Like, it just mm-hmm. feels like it'd be very kind of coincidental if he's just like, he falls in with like this, you know, drifting culture. Although maybe not because he's into cars. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Man. I'm 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 talking myself into and out of all these ideas at the same time. <laughs> I like them though. I really do. Well, it's a weird thing to think about. Something I never thought about before, for sure. What else you got? What other things about this movie that strike a chord or you're confused about or you love okay. or whatever? I didn't remember they hit this uh, so explicitly but again like re-watching the movie i was like oh i love that that they're doing this how like explicitly they make this movie a uh, a western or a martial arts movie like i mean you know to the point where they call him cowboy right when he shows up mm-hmm. and, and han has his like he he compares himself to a cowboy in the old west running to mexico not just uh in the dialogue and in the characters but they also talk about it in the way that not talk about it but in the way it's shot so you know when uh, when sean has his initial showdown at school with uh Zachary Ty Bryant, they do that classic Western shot where you're by his hand and he has the wrench, right? They do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, when DK first races Sean and he he spins the car around and he gives the the classic like come on hand gesture, which is totally yeah. unnecessary, but is perfect because that's that happens in every martial arts movie. I'm gonna kick your ass, but you know, come come take your beating. And I love that. And again, it it ties in with the rest of the movie because of how um, just the way it's structured, these these races are all one-on-one. So they're all duels. They're all showdowns. Ah. And and you even have like the literal training montage where he's yep. learning how to drift. And then uh, and then they get to the end of that montage and you have him beating uh, Morimoto. I, I thought it was kind of nice the way that it's just kind of tacked in at the end because we don't care about that guy. Yeah, uh, no. we, just, we just need him to show that you beat the, the sub boss and now you're on to the main boss. Yeah, that's really cool. And with us watching all these classic car movies – uh, that's a really interesting perspective because we were talking, you know, we, we've done uh, Tarantino movies and movies that Tarantino talks about in his car movies. And it's very interesting that I've never really pieced together how much of, you know, Western and martial arts films that Justin Lin has adapted for this movie. You know, yeah. like, I was always like so hung up in the like the beauty of it and the drifting and stuff like that. That's really, really cool. I love uh, a good Western and a good martial arts movie. Yeah. Or a good- samurai movie so recognizing that it's kind of telling that kind of story uh definitely up to the uh the entertainment factor for me for sure that's awesome i, I now you got me wanting to rewatch it again in this lens so well that's the weird thing about us watching it in the watch party is that, like we're not actually watching it like we're kind of watching it but we're more just like yeah. bullshitting over it so like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah good thing we're gonna watch it again in what like three months like <laughs> Before too long, we're going to be back there. It's not like it's going away anytime soon, that's for sure. I have a couple more random questions at the end. So we've gotten to the point now, uh, 
Han's dead, um, or not dead, as it turns out, but yes. we think he's dead. Sean's dad tells him he has to leave, and Sean says, I have to own my mistakes, and his dad flips immediately. Like, in 30 <laughs> seconds, he's like, oh, no, you're right. You have to go talk to this this mob boss, and hopefully he doesn't <laughs> kill you. I don't know. <laughs> I know it has to happen. I just think it's it's great. Like, his parenting is top-notch. <laughs> uh, he's also a Navy man. Son. Right. He's a man of honor. So. Right. When Twink offers uh, Sean the money from his car, he says that it's something Han would have wanted him to have. But isn't that Twink's money? Uh, I think that Han knew shit was breaking bad and mm-hmm. had Twinkie stash it for him before okay. the cops raided the garage. Yeah. I don't think that it was Twinkie's money. Maybe it was partially Twinkie's money because he's definitely making some money hustling. But yeah. also, but not as a hustler, much. I don't think he's yeah. giving money away to Sean that he just met. Too. Right. Yeah, that, that's probably true. He gets pissed at Sean in this movie because, like, the like the big conference is like he's like, I can't now. I have to give everybody a refund, right? Like, because Sean right. thinks he's doing a good thing. Like, he's he's almost indirectly, but directly, like fucking up Twinkie's business. True. Right. I didn't think about that. And the last race, as much as I enjoy it, it makes no sense. Like, I don't know how, like they're, they're watching on their phones. It's being live streamed on their phones in 2006. Nobody has smartphones yet. <laughs> and they're, they're watching at like corners where there's nobody there. And then you cut back to, uh, to Twinkie and everyone else. And they're like cheering. They're like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Um, I mean, I, again, don't care. Don't care about the logic of it. I just thought it was entertaining. For sure. I was I was in Japan like really close to this time. And I always like think about this, especially when I was watching the movie. Actually, you know what? I watched the movie and then went there. But I always say oh, wow. to support that. He got drunk and bought a ticket. It's a whole thing. Uh, yeah, that's the story <laughs> that I tell. The reason why I spent a summer in Japan is because I got drunk watching this movie and woke up and went to Japan. Like that's what happened. So that's amazing. <laughs> but when I got there, even my prepaid cell phone had like video chat on it. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, and this was like okay. not long after the movie came out. So like it, it that that was never like a logical disconnect for me because like the technology, oh, okay. like especially with cell phones, there was so far advanced that this wasn't like something weird because like oh, everybody okay. had video chat and stuff. Like emojis were like a rampant thing there that like we, yeah, like we had just got with the iPhone like the first one. That part okay. doesn't bother cool. me too much. So I I don't think that that's I mean them all being on one video server watching it together. <laughs> cheering might not make sense but right. i could definitely see them like you know calling their friend up the top and like you know sending them a video or something yeah yeah all right that's fair that makes a little more sense now but yeah and then the last thing this isn't actually about tokyo drift itself but i like that they kept trying to uh retcon han out in the subsequent movies because in four they make it sound like <laughs> oh he's off to tokyo he's like well maybe i'll try tokyo and then he's back in five and then he <laughs> basically looks at the camera and says oh we'll get there don't worry and then finally in six six eight but like each movie they're like trying to write him out they're like nope not yet can't, i know can't go different. we have this theory and we say it a lot i like i have this theory we have this theory that all of the fast and the furious movies are pretty much like crowdsourced right in the sense that <laughs> anything that the fans want they will give you because they know that mm-hmm. that's what that's all we want anyways so when they made three and han was the best part of it and everybody was like han's the coolest fucking character ever they had to bring him back in four and then everybody was like that wasn't enough han we want more han so then they bring him <laughs> back in five again and then they're like oh fuck we have to like deal with this and to the point where people are still clamoring for han so they're bringing him back in nine again right to bring him back i think that if you started big enough bitching mo- movement on social media we could pretty much convince fast and the furious to do whatever we wanted <laughs> like 
like they're definitely listening to the fans. Like I know yeah. that they are. So, so that that means that we have to start the uh, the campaign for uh, for DK. DK Giselle, yeah. we want him back. Bow Wow, I want him back too. <laughs> no niece Denise. No niece Denise. We want her back. <laughs> we want her here in the first place. I didn't realize until I saw the the trailer for Fast Nine, but I guess Earl is back. So yeah, yeah. And Sean and, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, but Sean was in. Seven. Sean was in seven for like one scene, right? Yeah. That was like yeah. the the stitching together. Like, oh yeah, see, this is where we are on the timeline. Andy was like thirty five years old at that point, <laughs> like very visibly balding, <laughs> like which is supposed to be like what two weeks later or something, right? Like, yeah. If that, it's just like, oh yeah, my buddy Honda, I'm going to get his body. It's like it's like, okay, okay, yeah. How? Why do you wait? Why do you look seven years older? Okay. <laughs> Like, you're still in high school, huh? All right. Yeah. All right. Now, Dan, are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? I'm nervous, but yes. Okay. So, again, no wrong answers. We have seven questions. Each question has six possibilities. So just whatever you feel most describes you. Go with your gut. Yeah. Either be true to yourself or the person that you want to present yourself to the world. Whatever you want. There's 20 (laughs) different possibilities. Uh, We're going to let you know who you are when all is said and done. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. How fast are you? NASCAR? Roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor scooter. Oh, I'm not. I, I'll be. I'm, I think I want to be as realistic as possible. So okay. I'm probably a Prius. Okay. Question number two. You know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, <laughs> Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie set that one time. Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer. I think. Uh... I mean, you don't seem too furious, but also this question has surprised us more than any other question in this entire quiz. Like We've people just like people rage. People yeah. are like, "Oh no, I'm the Hulk." I'm like, "Where is when?" Like we right. I, either people that we really know or people we just meet, we're just like, "You don't show any signs of that." Right. <laughs> so, so the Christian Bale answer appeals to me only in that in like an isolated incident where I'm you know frustrated with work. Then like that's kind of the one Perfect. time I would blow up. So yeah, let's let's go with that one. Okay, that works for me. Yeah, Dan, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill, saying grace, kicking back with a beer, babysitting, being the entertainment, or sneaking a snack? I would like to think I am on the grill, but I am probably sneaking a snack. Okay, fair okay. enough. You know, you got to say grace. <laughs> You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends. Drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? Uh, working on my computer. Okay. Yeah. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I love those answers. Uh, I guess I'm never getting married. Okay. Nice. I mean, that's the closest answer I can give. Okay. Perfect. Dan, congratulations. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane, I'm gambling it all away, my childhood home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? Oh. And there's no uh, invest in uh, no, in, still in no fiscally responsible yeah, options. No funds, Man, yeah, I really, I just really would like to invest in some passively managed mutual funds. You know? <laughs> Maybe something from Vanguard. Yeah. I think uh, I, th- I think buying a, buying my childhood home. That's the okay. Last question. This could decide it all right now. What is your drink of choice? Whiskey, not an option, unfortunately. I'm so sorry. Belgian <laughs> ale, Corona, something fruity, water. Whatever's cheapest, or just whatever you're having. Whatever you're having. Okay. I have no idea, dude. 
he, we got he, some new ones. He went we back and forth a few times. Teetered. Yeah. He is actually one of our more common answers. It's only a 7.64% chance, but you are Mr. Nobody. You're Kurt Russell. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I thought it was going to be Dom with the childhood home. That gave him points, but the second option, you were almost, until that very, very last question, you were almost Roman. Yeah. Yeah. But here oh, is here okay. is the Mr. Nobody description. Let's see if this fits you. I mean, okay. you, you know this better than anybody if this is true of you, okay? People see you as a bit of a mystery, and you love it. You've got more going on than anyone realizes, but your greatest joy comes from executing a plan perfectly and leaving everyone around you wondering how you pulled it off. You're great at keeping secrets, but you're always willing to help those who can help you. You don't have family, so to speak, because letting people too close might dissipate some of your mystical aura, so you'll settle for friends. And you drive like the wind like the blows. Wind blows. Oh, oh, gives me chills. <laughs> is that you or is that not you? Honestly, that is uh, way too close. Really? <laughs> what, what is happening? Oh. What's happening is that we have watched this movie too many times, and we spent way too much time on the allotting quiz. points to make sure wow. this was right. Yeah, that's appro- that's appropriate for me. I think. Cool. Well, oh. I'm glad that we were uh, again. Like, it feels like our quiz success rate is like wild, like really, really successful. Yeah, it is. Uh, people people seem to like really. We don't, you know, we don't get too much disagreement with it, right? Like, yeah. pretty much nails it. It was, you know, what it was. It was the, it was the. I'm never getting married. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm never getting married in whatever you're having because he's just kind of an agreeable. Like, I think Belgian yeah. ale is a big one for him. But it's also just like you know, whatever you're having, I'm good. Yeah, oh, exactly. A virgin pina colada. <laughs> All right, we got two more games here. First up, this ain't no ten second oh, race, aka yes. boy, do we have a podcast for you? So, Dan, what I want you to do is I want you to go on Twitter.com okay. and I want you to find any tweet from anyone, but find someone you think might like listening to the show. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to send a tweet from at Too Fast Too Forever, our Twitter account, and we're going to say, "Boy, do we have a podcast for you?" hashtag Two F Two F hashtag Too Fast Too Forever hashtag Family link to the show page. So the point of the game is to get these people to like the tweet, to retweet the tweet, to reply to the tweet, or to listen and email in. There's a whole scoring system. Bottom line, it is wildly difficult. So <laughs> as you search for a tweet on Twitter, I am going to review last episode. Joe, so Joe, last time our last guest was Brian High School Summer Party Rodriguez. And if you'll remember, he bullied us into giving getting three different yes, he did. That's tweets right. because he's like, I just subscribed to your Patreon, which by the way, too fast too forever.com become a part of our Gallo twenty four. Oh. And he said he here's three. And so we're like, okay, cool. I found the chicken of Bristol at immigrant film. The real hashtag justice for Han would be giving him a better luck tomorrow sequel. Oh. In which his friendship with the FF crew is repeatedly but peripherally mentioned. I.e. Dom appears in his phone contacts at Justin Lin. Boy, do, do we, we have, a have a podcast for you. For you. Nothing. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Joe, you found unmarked cop car at car unmarked. Everyone needs to take a class in high school. Quote, don't do stupid shit and you won't go to jail. <laughs> oh, you're 47 and drive a car that sounds like a supercharged weed eater because you watch too much Fast and Furious. <laughs> don't cuss the police when they pull you over and you won't go to jail. Boy, <laughs> do, do we, we have a have podcast, podcast for, for you? you? No, no, of course not. <laughs> of course not. <sighs> Brian's first one. Peter Robinson at P. Robinson 1997 just got done watching Fast and Furious 6 and I didn't know that Rita Ora was in it. Only a small part, but still pretty cool if you ask me. At Rita Ora, you did an awesome job. Boy, do we... Have a podcast, have a podcast for, you. for you. No. Mm. Damn. Brian's second one, he found 
Ty at underscore Tylo on Twitter. Beat up the pussy, then dust off my knuckle. No fast and furious car. I got the muscle. They said they killers like Chucky a chuckle. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. And the last one he found, Daniela Flores at Daniela underscore Edith underscore. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw predicted the coronavirus. Three emojis. The virus in the movie is to wipe out the unfit and weak in order to make better mechanical human. Mind blown emoji four times. Boy, do we, we have, have a, a podcast, podcast for you. Joe, we went over five. That was a, it. Was a rough game. We were on a streak where like we we almost could do no wrong, which is not how this game works. Yeah. And then we went a real solid over five that time. Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> I I got it this time. I got it this time. I got it this time. This is this is a fucking winner. I've heard that before. I it, it almost never is. <laughs> it's from Sleezo <laughs> at Fen Yopo Jane P H E N Yopo Jane DK and Tokyo Drift is so cool, dog. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Yeah. That's it. That's that's all the tweet that we needed. It's simple. It's to the point. DK and Tokyo Drift is so cool, dog. He knows. That's it. That's points. Maybe. Sleezo. Sleezo. <laughs> Let's do it. Sleezo. Kick it back. This one's kind of, I feel like this is kind of cheating because this guy no. clearly loves There's no these, cheating but... in this game. Everything okay. applies and nothing works. So you're fine. <laughs> oh, okay. No, this is perfect. This is perfect. So this is uh, Patrick Mahomeless. Uh, which I also, I also like the name. It's at PSGWZRD. Which movie is your favorite start to finish? And it's a poll. And it's The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, or Fast and Furious? Boy, do we, do we have, a have a podcast for you. For you. And right now, I voted as Too Fast, and I said The Fast and the Furious, the original one. Because I think collectively we probably like that one the best. Probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, through 11 votes, six of them going to Tokyo Drift. Jeez. I just voted for Tokyo Drift to help yeah. that out. In, in, in second place is the original. <laughs> in third place is the fourth one. And no one, none of 11, have voted for Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> you got one? That's a good sign. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Read it. <laughs> it's That's not going to work. It's from Suko at Suko Jones. It's a okay. horrible injustice that another year has gone by where the precious gorilla that shaped our lives has rotted in jail. Today, let's celebrate his 25th birthday with great hope that we can prove his innocence once and for all. Hashtag justice for DK. Oh, my God. And it's Donkey Kong shackled to a ball and chain. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> do we have a podcast for you. I'm going the opposite route. Like, I'm going the place where they're going to be like, did you, did you mean to send this to us? <laughs> so so the, whole, the whole premise, Dan, was that we want wanted it to reply as if like a Twitter bot found them. Right. Right. It's like a very like stock response. Right. No, so, like, that's smart. Of, but like we pick like really fucking bizarre tweets. Right. So like <laughs> if you pick like this donkey, they're going to be like, what the fuck yeah. happened? Like, what is this yeah. even searching for? Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. So. All right. Now, Dan, oh. we've got one more game on the show. I, I also okay. want to say that like, if you search other justice for DK, there are like actually very serious, heavy things. And I was like, Ooh, I can't pick any of this, but this, the yeah. first one that comes up is just Donkey Kong animated, like N64 era, sort of blocky, but still Perfect. kind of like rounded and just chained to a ball and chain and just Perfect. dumb, dumb shit. So there we go. That's right up our alley. So we got one more game to play, Dan. It's called dude. What's my car. 
like you, I'm not really a car guy. I don't really know much mm-hmm. about cars. I don't really care about cars. So our listeners send in pictures of cars, and I try to describe them and get Joe to guess them. So okay. do you want to help me give clues, or do you want to be on Joe's team and sort? And do you want to try to guess what car I'm describing? There's no way I'm going to be able to guess. So my only totally chance, to, my only chance to impact this is to give clues. Cool. Perfect. This iteration of Dude, What's My Car comes from Jerry. This is one I tried to play last okay. time. I had to get clarification. So it's okay. his email I finally caught up. He says, I owe you a 10-second car, and here it is. Um, see if Joe can guess. Have an awesome day, guys. So okay. there's a clue he gives in there that I skipped over okay. that we will uh, come back to. It is... An Italian car, and it is red. So okay, we don't want to just give like slam dunk clues. We kind of get mm-hmm. kind of give like either or, yes, no, twenty questions type answers type yeah. clues. Joe can ask questions again. I don't know if this is going to be an easy car to guess. I don't know if it's going to be a difficult car to guess. Yeah, but it is red and it is Italian. So I'm sure you probably have a good sense of what make it is. Yeah, go ahead. It's a very sleek, low profile car. Okay. Mm-hmm. Suicide doors. Uh, okay. Those are Lambo doors. Not suicide doors open both from the middle. The, the Kanye joke. Well, this there's only two doors, so I guess yeah. they're not suicide doors. What are, mm-hmm. what are doors that open to the sky? Yeah, those are Lambo doors. Okay. You could put them on any car. I know, okay. But the, okay. The, 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 they were commonly Lambo doors. Okay. Because suicide doors is when you have like a sedan and they both open from the middle out. So like so the, ba- the, so the front opens door, normally, but the oh. back opens the other way. That's suicide doors, yeah. But doesn't Kanye say put the suicide doors up? Up? Yeah, because he got it wrong. Like like when he said Mackay Pfeiffer in the movie that he wasn't in. Remember that too? Find me dead and buried like Mackay Fife. I'm in too deep? In too deep, yeah. He says Mackay <laughs> Pfeiffer is in, in, in too deep, and he's not. Oh, he, but it's Omar Epps, actually. Yeah, but Kanye just like wraps these things and just doesn't care. He, like, AKA doesn't bootleg care. Mike Tomlin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this car also has white and a little bit of black. Okay. In in the interior? I can't really see the interior. Okay. Actually, Dan, so like one thing, I, I want you to sort of describe, like, I'm sure it's just a weird angle, but like where the door comes up, like the part of the car that's visible, like looks kind of shitty. Instead of like gills? Uh, no, I wouldn't describe it as gills. Are, are you talking about behind the door? I'm, t- I'm talking about like underneath, like between the front and the back of the car. Oh, yeah. It looks, uh, I don't know, worn somehow. It looks worn or like unfinished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think it's a convertible. Okay. Hard top. Does it have a wing? What does that mean? Does it have like a wing on the back of it, like the like the oh, like a spoiler? Eclipse. Yeah, like a spoiler. Uh, it has like a mini one on the side. On the side of it? Well, on the back, on the side, on the back, all the way to a side. I would assume it's it's uh, balanced, but we can't see right. uh, the other side of the. We're sort of that. looking at like a three quarter. Okay. Three quarter okay, angle. Okay. You're looking like straight on profile down the side. The front kind of juts out a little bit, like it's got a little bit of a nose. The headlights are flat is it flat in the front or rounded it's rounded but it's not wildly rounded i don't think you mean like you mean like the hood or like in the front front the hood and the front the hood is slightly slightly sloping down and the front is kind of like it's kind of a semicircle in the front i would say okay is it of the 80s i don't know what year this is okay there's a hint but I want to give me one second. Dan, if you want to give a little bit more clues, the the headlights are little. I can tell you that. They're small. Yeah, the headlights are real small. Uh, almost like if it was like a Bond car, it looks almost like that's where like there'd be a machine gun would like jump out. Oh, like fog lights? Kind of. I don't know. I don't know what fog light, like I don't know what would differentiate a fog light or not. The fog lights usually come along like 
the bottom lip of the car, like near the front. Okay. Uh, not necessarily. Cause these are more, um, they're set back. Yeah. A little bit in the hood. It is in one of the fast and furious movies. Interesting. And it, the one that's in the movie is from 2005 and it's a very similar color pattern. I don't know if it's actually, it's, it's a, it's not exactly the same color pattern, but it's similar. And if it, it helps on the internet movie car database, the picture of the car also has a picture of a girl's ass in a bikini. Does that help you narrow it down? Because like, there's only that's only happened yeah. once or twice in the you movie. Said white and black uh, Lambo doors. It's an Italian car, red. It's a Ferrari. Yes. Uh-huh. Is it an FXX? It is an FXX. Yeah, there's one of those. Wow. In, the movie. in the beginning of six, where uh, Tej does the yep. uh, ATM scene. Yeah. And I'm going that's to. Really I just cool forwarded car. you the email, so you can take a look at that. And I'm going to send you this Please. picture on um, uh, Twitter. I'm going to send you both this. So this is funny. So you know your cars. No, not really. I mean, like, I, like I can narrow it down. <laughs> is the FXX a really famous car or no? So okay, so Ferrari. Well, you love Ferrari. I love Ferrari. I was at the. Fer- I went to the Ferrari factory when I was in Italy last time. So Ferrari like had made early 2000s before this, they were like making this a supercar, right? You know, this was the hypercar, supercar kind of era. And the first one they made was the Enzo Ferrari, right? And this was like fucking top tier, 200, you know, it was like the fastest Ferrari they ever made, whatever, whatever. So they made that. But was it the most furious? Probably (laughs) was the most furious. And like, you know, this was like an iconic Ferrari because they did like all the R&D to make the fastest Ferrari, right? And then to top it, the next car that came out was the FXX. And that was like the next level of it. They're both very, very cool. I don't know if I've ever seen an FXX in real life. I've seen at least one Enzo, if not two, that I can remember. But yeah, this is really cool. Where's he at? This was, oh, okay, it's in an auto show. Wonder what the auto show was. Oh, you're right. And this wing thing, this like like wing that's like only over the back fender, that's pretty cool. It's not like spanning across the whole thing. Right, yeah. And the nose is very like Batmobile-y. Oh, you see this part that, you know the part that you were saying was shitty? Yeah. I think that that's just, a giant air duct and i think that the air duct from the front pushes along the back and then comes out there oh okay okay Hmm. to keep the car to the ground because it's so fast gotcha can you click on the link that i sent you on facebook and just see the picture that they chose to highlight this car on the internet movie car database (laughs) please god yes because it's more prominent like it's it's a more prominent ass than it is a car (laughs) i also like that that there are these school children uh looking at this car for some reason. This is the day that that boy became a man right there. <laughs> <laughs> he's staring at the car. He's going to he's going to turn left and just totally forget what this car was. So there right. was that 5-year-old right who just got busted driving from Colorado to yes. California to buy a Lambo like that's this kid just like, "Hey baby, this is my car. What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks, Jerry. That was cool. Thanks, I'm a Jerry. huge Ferrari fan. That was a good one. I like the F- FXX a lot. And you know what? The FXX, I think, is one of the Ferrari Lego models that Rachel's been toying about getting. But last night, she got like a mini set. Yeah, she did. She passed on the Ferrari set. And I think it was an FXX. I'll have to remember next time I go back to Walmart to check. Cool. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. If thank people you. want to find you, where you write, where you hang out online, whatever you want to do, what do you want to plug? Where can people find you online? Well, I write uh, occasionally for uh, Pajiba, pajiba.com, which uh, your listeners have already heard of a couple mm-hmm. times. Uh, I'm on Twitter mostly. It's at Dan Hamamura. It's uh, D-A-N-H-A-M-A-M-U-R-A. Perfect. Can I plug a separate podcast? By all means. Of course. Uh, so at Pajiba, we have a, uh, a weekly 
TV podcast, which is very cleverly named Pod Jiba. <laughs> so uh, it's P-O-D-J-I-B-A. There's always a post on the site every week. It comes out on Wednesdays. And we just talk about TV and drink mostly. So it's uh, it's me, myself, and a couple of the other uh, Pajiba writers. It's fun. It's Honestly, at this point, it's just for us to have uh, adult contact i am so glad i'm looking now on apple Podcasts at the podcast i have not seen the last couple episodes of westworld so i'm not there yet so i can't do this most recent one but two episodes or three episodes ago you said something that i talked about on the show that i watched three episodes of devs in a row and then three episodes of westworld in a row in a row and i was like uh-huh. it's the same thing it's the same show yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just one is doing it yep. with a little bit more action and one is i don't know slow and ponderous yeah i was saying to joe because um, like i think he joe hasn't seen said this he's not caught up in westworld and he hasn't watched devs but i was just like devs is doing one thing and this is one of the 1000 things that westworld <laughs> is trying to do but it's the same right. big data is scary guys yeah it's weird it's wow. weird so i'm glad that you covered that because it's i was like what is going on i don't know it's fun we just talk about whatever but we have a good time well, well we're very serious here and i'm glad you stuck to the very rigid and strict program we had thank you I mean, I had to. I had to follow. You gave me very strict instructions. Uh, the email was lengthy. I'm, I'm glad that uh, you can you can release my my dog now anytime. And, uh, now that I followed your instructions, you can yeah. just send 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 him home. And uh, you know, it's all, it's all Maybe. cool. Maybe. <laughs> Well, Dan, thank you so much once again for joining thank us. You, so follow brother. Dan on Twitter. We tagged him in the tweet right now. So if you want to follow him there, go check him out at Pajiba. Check out Pod Jiba. And yep. then come back on Friday, Joe, because the next movie you and I are covering what? is one of your favorites. Oh, Harrison yeah, Ford that's right. You American reminding graffiti. me. American Graffiti. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast, Too Forever.com. Become one of our Gallo 24. Mm. Come back on Friday for American Graffiti. And also come back on Friday to find what we're going to be covering next week in our two episodes. Ooh, very special. Very special week. This is one of our themed weeks. We have two themed weeks this lap. That still means nothing to me. I, I don't want to give a hint because like we, we've been saying the same. Okay, here's a here's a here's a letterbox game style hint for you, Joe. Give me a hint that just me will get, but nobody else will. Um be like No, I want to do I want to be like a little bit more vague about it, like a little bit more specific okay. about it, but there's there's a certain movie quote from a movie that we covered this lap that okay. we keep quoting seemingly every episode. And this movie would make the person who says that quote happy. That's, I got nothing. That was a good hint. <laughs> <laughs> I will cut this part out. Okay, 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 okay. Thank you. After Joey told me, now I remember who it was. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway, family at cageclub.me, twofast2forever.com. Come back on Friday. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Dan Hamamura. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out. Peace out, you anus, anus piecers. piecers. Ha, <laughs> ha,